Hello. Good evening. Welcome to another edition. Uh, we're in the 160s, I think, of Dean and Mickey's podcast. Maybe 164, 165. I'm not sure where we are. My name is John Jagu, fresh off uh, producing uh, a pre and post basketball game here in uh, the Dallas uh, Fort Worth Metroplex. Heading over to my sister's compound where I'll have to step off for a little bit because she has a lot of doggies. And they make all kinds of noise when I come in, so it's going to be uh, quite noisy. I mean, I don't want to impede the audio quality that we have here in the podcast, so I'll step away for a little bit. Before we do that, we want to talk topics tonight. We're going to jump into the Libertadores final between Boca and River, and another Superclasico, probably the second biggest Superclasico on the planet. Second only, of course, to the Pumas Tigres Clásico that is played every year, the Clásico Universitario, as we all know. <laughs> the <can't> fight. <laughs> the clash. The feline clash. We have a lot of things to discuss. Uh, Real Madrid's coach, Lopetegui, looks like he's is, 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 is bounced. Could he be on the, on the short list for Mexico? What about Tata Martino now? Argentina has hired and fired him. At least, at least twice that I know of, and now they want to hire him and probably fire him again for a third time. He was the coach, and he was the coach of America, of Argentina in the Copa America Centenario. So I'm not sure he would want to go back into that. We'll talk a little MLS playoffs about FC Dallas. Unfortunately, uh, did not advance last night, losing two one to Portland Timbers. Down ten men, Portland were able to get the. Uh, the two-one win, and of course we have Copa Copa Mekis Cruz Azul. Where are all the all the Cruz Azul fans? Are slowly but surely. It's like it's like the seventeen years are starting to reemerge and make noise. Uh, we haven't seen or heard from them in a long time, but they are back, winning. They were they were at Fuera del Angel last night in Mexico City. They took the Copa to the Angel last night. That's how excited. Cruz Azul fans were to win Copa Mekis in two. Who listens to us live on YouTube every Thursday night, as well as downloading from the Podcast Center on iTunes or Google Play. Loyal subscribers to the Campina Mekis podcast. Of course, we, we uh, tip our hat to you for being a loyal subscriber. And I tip my hat to Joel Aceves, who joins us from Orange County, California. Joel, how are you this evening, sir? Very good. Very good, John. Right here, um, waiting, waiting all these great matches that are lining up for us. But now, like you said, yes. Go ahead. Now, no, no, we, yes. We had a special Sunday edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast where where we, we reiterated your, your Jornada Dos sentiment that Chivas fans should should go ahead and go on loan for the season for another <laughs> team. And uh, we'll talk about that a little later, but it looks like that, that, that you're, you were very prescient in your, in your, in, in, in your thoughts on that. But uh, you're right, uh, some huge games. Probably, you know, like I mentioned, outside of Real Madrid Barcelona, I think that the, the Copa Libertadores final, for the first time in their history, Boca Juniors and River Plate are going to play each other, in the, not just in the Libertadores, but in the Libertadores final, I, I couldn't think of a, of, of a bigger match to be played in the world outside of 
outside of, of course, Puebla, Chiapas. I mean, seriously. I mean, is, is there a bigger match than, than that? <laughs> no, it's 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 pretty hectic, and they're already talking about uh, they're not going to allow allow the waiting fans to attend. You know. So it'll be it'll be River Plate fans at the Monumental. Yes. Now and 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 so they have the socios, right? So they're gonna they're gonna be verified. Yes, sir. And, and River Plate fans at the Bombonera. Yeah, like the Inchas, they're they're banned from going, man. I mean, I'm pretty sure you could still go, but but I don't think you're gonna be able to go as like the Barra Bravas are gonna be able. To, Right. They do their caravan walk into the stadium, and, and you know, for a match like that, that would just be like it'd be like almost civil war, you know, just just to get in the stadium. It's it's sure. it's really crazy over there. Well, I mean, security is always a concern when they play, even even when they play in the torneo de verano or whatever it is, a little preseason tournament that they play. But, and, uh, and every uh, oh, the every tor- November. I've seen those, uh, you know, and and before I forget, this is. This is probably the the one chance that that River fans have been waiting for because when they went down to when they were relegated, I mean Boca hasn't let them forget that, you know. They had that song they the same you know, they even did a song, you know, tell me how it feels, you know, to, to be in second division and all that. Uh but if That's they right. were to beat if they were to beat them for this you know, for the this prestigious cup to have this this one win over them, then they're gonna have, you know, just what they were waiting for. But if they lose, you know, I, oh man, Boca's gonna pile the hurt. <laughs> I, I would want, uh, I would want River Plate to win just just so that Tano can have just a little bit, just a little, just a little bit of happiness, just a little <laughs> bit of happiness for our good friend. Tano Pazman, that's right. No. yeah. So 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 Joel, we have. Uh, River, River Boca, which is which is a big game, no matter what. Security is always a concern. It's a Libertadores final, number two. Number three, it's gonna it's gonna be going on at the same time as as the G20 summit in Buenos Aires. So security is gonna be stretched very thin. So you can understand why they wouldn't want to have a, a clash of supporters that week, especially in uh, in in Buenos Aires. Well, who's who's making this decision though? Because if it's if it's Conmebol. I'm, I'm sure they're worried for their tournament to be marred by violence and craziness. Oh, no, that's, that's nothing new, nothing new for that. It's, it's obviously within the federation and, and the, even the clubs. Yeah, this, 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 this is definitely not a surprise that they would do this in that. Uh, Beto Chiquis Campa joins us from his palatial digs in Kyle, Texas. Just yeah. southeast of the Greater Austin area. Yeah, what I'm saying is, is like Argentina, the uh, the Argentinian league, they they don't mind, you know, they have a classico every whatever, so they don't mind having fights and violence and all kinds of craziness. That's normal. But well, it's, not, ball, it's, not, that, it's not, that not that they don't mind it. It's just you know. It's, well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a standard operating procedure. But Colmebol, this is the first time this happens, and they're preparing for it. And they you know, are they the ones taking the measures to not look like a disgrace in Argentinian league? They just handle it because there's no other way to, because that's that's sort of messed up to not let uh, visiting fans come to the stadium. Well, I mean, that's they ex- could certainly uh, dress you know dress in in the opposing team's colors and pretend 
yeah. they're you know river fans or Boca fans, and then and then when they walk in, they 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 strip their colors and say, "I have foiled your your plans to only allow river supporters." <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going to happen there. It's going to be a a very interesting, uh, very interesting topic. Now, 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 Beto, a, a team that, that that that's that's near and dear to your heart. Of course, I'm talking about Cruz Azul uh, winning the Copa Mekis. Have you noticed, Chiquis, that the, that the, that the cementeros, the albañiles, the the pita pita maquinita boys, are starting uh, to uh, puff out their chest just a little bit more than usual? I mean, because they've really, over the past like you know three or four years, have kind of gone into hiding. Uh, we really hadn't heard too much from from Cruz Azul fans. And I, I'll be honest, you know, as someone who grew up in the in Mexico in, in, in late seventies, early eighties, I was sick to death of freaking Cruz Azul, and they. It, it was probably the team that I had. I probably didn't like Cruz Azul more than I didn't like America. So it's uh, it, it is it is stirring up a lot of bad memories for me to see all these Cruz Azul fans emerge. You know, and pretend oh we were Cruz Azul fans all along, where they've been in hibernation for the past four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the few that I've seen have it, it's been quite obvious that they're coming out of their cave and. Uh, and I see. I think there are some faithful ones that uh, that attended the stadium, uh, especially that clip of the old man uh, crying and celebrating with passion. I think there's a little bit of that that uh, of the faithful, but yeah, there's definitely the ones that are they've been in their little uh, basement and they're emerging all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy for Cruz Azul, obviously, and and, and the, Cruz Azul is a team that. Uh... That Joel and I have been have been uh, bullish on at least for the past couple yeah. of seasons, and you know they're they're in second place right now. It looks like they're 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 locks to make the league. I'm not necessarily sure that that they would want to uh, end up in first place because things don't go so well for them when they end up in first place in the uh, at least in the short seasons. But uh, you know Cruz Azul, you know there was you know Pelaez comes in, no drama. He picks his he has his entire roster built and ready to go before they even do preseason. There's no you know, last second Jornada Ocho additions to the roster that has always seemed <laughs> to plague them in the past. Cut and, the dead uh, weight. Exactly. I mean, and, and even the players that we thought were were you know disgraceful has-beens. You know, they've they've been they've been playing really well. They have good coaching. They have they have excellent general management. Uh, Ricardo Pelaez, in, in my opinion, is the foremost directivo I guess in, 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 in Mexican soccer uh, right now and if I were oh yeah uh, if I were a team I would love I would love to have him as as, as the guy running the show hey uh, John what team. was it yes sir six months in that he already has they're lifting a trophy exactly yeah I mean <laughs> this is his first season with with with, with Cruz Azul. not even six months the first season yeah. is with Cruz Azul and you know not only do they already have a trophy you know they're having a, a, a great season. That there's, you know, they're, they're playing well. It's uh, it's a different looking Cruz Azul. They have good coaching. They have good players. It's a solid team. And uh, you know they play Pumas over the weekend. And uh, you know it wouldn't surprise me at all if if the game ends up being draw because I think a draw will end up giving both of them the uh, the ticket that they need punch to go into the uh, into the Liga. And I got to tell you, the other people that are, that are excited with with this uh, new. Uh, New and improved Liga Mekis uh, squad of Cruz Azul are the are, are the uh, the TV folks because as as Joel and I talked about on Sunday night in the in the special uh, Jornada Dominical edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast, the teams that are in the in in, in the top of the Liguilla are teams that 
generate a lot of eyeballs for TV, and Cruz Azul being one of those. So the, the this the Ligia is shaping up to be one that that, that could be uh, well, it's, it's definitely gonna be memorable. But I think it could be one of the most watched, at least in recent times, just because of the fact that there are so many of the quote unquote more popular teams involved. And Cruz Azul, of course, is one of them, and they are the now. Copa Mekis champions, uh, beating Monterrey 2-0. And uh, as you guys pointed out just before we got on the air, it seems like, you know, that, that this tournament is taking on more prestige. But the fans, especially the fans that win, it seem to be enjoying the fact that they're winning some trophies. Yeah, like the, the Chi Hermanos, you know, they, they you thought they would have won the Champions League tournament the way they celebrated as La Minerva. They exactly. all showed up. I mean, there was more, there was a bigger celebration than Pachuca's league title win. <laughs> and uh, for Cruz Azul, because they had won the Copa not so long ago. But this time, it's like, all of a sudden, it, it just means more to them. And I guess because they've been waiting for this turnaround to their club's misfortunes. Um, I think just getting, just getting, just not being a subcampeon is something. So th- them winning the championship is is at least they won a championship. Yeah, you know, and, least... and the match was. So, I'm sorry, Chiki, you were saying subcampeon, and, and <laughs> this this was a match between subcampeonissimos. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think I think uh, the 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 stadium for Monterrey since they built it, they've had six finals, and I think they lost five of all those six. There was a match between subcampeonissimos. Oh, yeah. I, I mentioned on Twitter, I think with the Cantina account, I said it's either going to be uh, Monterrey losing a final again at home or Cruz Azul be- being another subcampeon. You can't have them both. And uh, <laughs> Cruz, Azul, Cruz Azul was the one that came up with the good result. And uh, once again, Monterrey loses a final at home. Now, yeah. now to be fair to Cruz Azul... I mean, it's not like they haven't won anything. I mean, they did win a Copa Mekis when the tournament first uh, was uh, was reborn, and they also won a Conca Champions. So it's not like they've had a, a dearth of trophies. I mean, they have won trophies and they have won them recently. So let's yeah, as much as no, we all but, but the celebration, John. If you see the celebration among the fans, you know, I think they're starting to believe in this team. As I think they got humbled before when they won them, it was like, yeah, whatever. And then they they eat a lot of humble pie, right? And now they're Copa Mekis, ni que nada. And now they're like at the Angel parading the trophy around. Yeah, they're talk, there's this talk of doblete, which is something Pelaya said at the start of the season. He's like, "We're going for the doblete, you know. We're we're doing this, and they're beginning to believe. Uh, they're eating them." But I I wanted to to give a quick rundown. Because to me, this is this is the biggest. This, this is this is the first time where we have two, two, two big clubs going at it. So I'm gonna give a rundown of Copa MX since it was relaunched in 2012. So 2012 was Sinaloa, you know, winning over Correcaminos, and then you had Cruz Azul beating Atlante, who's still in second division. Then you had Morelia Atlas, uh, and then you, with Morelia winning, uh, then you had 
Tigres beating Oaxaca. I didn't even know Oaxaca made that final, man. That was 2014. Um, and then you had Santos beating Puebla in 2014. Uh, Puebla, that was with Cuauhtémoc Blanco before he went to become the governor. As they beat, they beat a Chepolet Chivas 4-2. Uh, and then Chivas beat León at the start of the Tamati era. And then you had Veracruz Necaxa, you know. And then, and then we have, uh, Querétaro winning their first ever cup with El Rey Midas Bucetich. And they beat Chivas. They beat him in penalties. Then you had Chivas again. So, you know, they're, they're, if Chivas has been consistent, at least at the cup. Uh, and then they beat Morelia in penalties. Uh, and then you had Monterrey beating Pachuca, which you could say that's kind of a big match, but, but I wouldn't say as big as like Cruz Azul Monterrey. Um, just cause Cruz Azul is one of the big five and more historic. And Monterrey's been one of the up and comers along with Pachuca. But yeah, so wait, Monterrey Pachuca in 2017, uh, Clausura 2018 was Necaxa Toluca and then Cruz Azul Monterrey. So we're beginning at least for these last, um, yeah, these last editions have been the ones without, without smaller teams making it. Yeah, Morelia sort of being a smaller. But yeah, then... but Morelia's been constant in, in first division. You know, they're not like those teams that go up and down. You know, like, yeah. like, like, like you had Oaxaca and Correcaminos and Sinaloa. You know, you have this run of some of these teams. You, Veracruz, yeah, Veracruz was that one club that, <laughs> uh, I don't know how they snuck in there. Uh, Necaxa also wishy-washy, but I mean, overall, we're be- we're beginning to see it shape up where where um, the bigger teams are beginning to to take it more serious, and we might we might end up where you're not gonna see the Oaxacas and the Correcaminos in the final anymore, because uh, the teams do take notice, you know. And it does become, it starts becoming a priority where it's like, okay, we have to live for tournament. Why not the Copa MX? You know, we have to win something this season. Let's make it this. And I, I don't know how, uh, as far as taking it seriously, I don't know how much these teams, I don't think they're putting their starting lineup every single match. Uh, I no, know no. Chuy Corona didn't play in the goal for, for Cruz Azul. Um, but the rest of their team seem to be their starters. The same with Monterrey. Um, but I think earlier in the tournament, they they, they still play a lot of their younger, um, less ex, you know, not non-starters, um, because it is Copa MX. But uh, but yeah, I think I think the tournament because of these two teams did you know lift up its status a little bit. But uh, I'm seeing a lot of people still. Uh, criticize Cruz Azul just for the passion in which they celebrated, say, stating that it's just Copa Mex. You know, win, but, win the league and win the league, and then you can celebrate a little bit more like this instead. Yeah, and but but see, I, I saw the same thing happen to Chivas, and oh, yeah. and and they they ended up getting the doblete. So I mean, what do you think happens if you do win the doblete? 
Um, that's something America hasn't done. Yeah, exactly. So I think, and I think someone tweeted that as well. Like, uh, America loses to Juarez, I think, is who they lost to. Um, and if they don't win the league, which could very easily happen, uh, you know, they're they're losing their, you know, their clout. I, I saw some, a tweet from. What happened? No, that's something they need to they need to realize, and it's happened multiple times, multiple seasons I, where. Yeah, I, like, I saw a tweet from an Americanista, and he was saying we need to stop pretending like we don't care about this cup. That that we just line up whatever squad. He's like, we've been eliminated with some of our best players, and um, he did a lineup of, yeah, because they they've reached the semifinals a few times, um, and and so I mean we're beginning to see this this now with fans more and more fans taking it serious, and there is this rivalry aspect where it's like, okay, you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna do this, you know, and then later on you're gonna be talking about el triplete, you know. When, when Copa MX win the league, when when Concacaf, you know, which is a good thing for, you know, I think for for the clubs and the fans to become more demanding and uh, of their teams, because before we were, we, for I think for a long time, they were just happy to make it to Liguilla. That seemed to be like okay, at least we had a a, a good season. One thing also, I think it's the mentality of. Like the bigger teams, like America, they, and and we see it with the national team with Mexico, is that they go into these games like with Juarez and and these second division teams and think, okay, the game's going to be handed to them or they're going to automatically get the win without working. And these Juarez teams, like these second division teams, are coming in hungry to prove themselves against the bigger clubs. And America can't just do that. Can't just have that mentality that they're going to eventually get a goal and pass on. I think that's their that's been their problem. Yeah. But but also like like there's there's um you see this lack of pressure from them to do good, you know? Where it's like in a big club, like say you're Real Madrid, you you were to lose Copa del Rey against a really weak team, they would never hear the end of it. Whereas, whereas, like in Mexico, you could lose in Copa MX, and and it used to be where it's like the fans wouldn't care as long as you're doing good in league, or or if you were to pick up in the league, they'll just forget. But I, I think I'm, we're beginning to see a change here, where it's like fans are beginning to be like just more demanding, and it's like, yeah, you you shouldn't be losing to Oaxaca or or. or Caminos or, or any second division team. Yeah, and and yeah, America should get should feel the heat. Like they, sh- if they lose Copa MX and they see uh, like a Cruz Azul or Chivas win, um, and then they don't come back and win the league, like America doesn't come back and win the league, then you know that's that's a whole year of failing failing twice, pretty much. And the big club shouldn't shouldn't do that. So I think the pressure's gonna be on for America during this Liguilla to to win. And it's not gonna be easy because Cruz Azul wants the doblete. Uh you have well, as far as contenders, we'll we'll probably talk about that later on, but um those two those two big teams are the big contenders I think right now for 
the uh, the league. Yeah, America's in first place out. We they're they're definitely they're definitely favorites. Uh, they do have the best offense. May not be by much. They're right up there with uh, with with Puma. But <clears throat> I'm like what I'm seeing, Chiquis. I like it. We're not at that Argentina River Boca level, but we're getting there, man. <laughs> we're getting there. We're we start taking these tournaments more and more serious, and we saw a little bit of that um, during the Conca Conca Champions when uh, Toronto eliminated some of these, you know, Liga MX teams. And so I, I think um, it, it comes down to the fans where they need to, they really need to voice their, you know, they they need to make a big deal of some of this stuff. Or else, or else, like the front office and then the players, they're not going to care. So yeah. I think, I think, uh, just just to echo like on Chivas, there's a big reason why the team has been mismanaged for so long because the fans, they're just we're very complacent as fans. We're, we're just very and very forgiving, and 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 we don't care. Like what Mati did, you know, if Mati was in River Plate and he had the record he had at Chivas. Trust me, he would not be a fan favorite. He would not, he would not like, the fans would not allow him to lose. He would lost like four Clásicos, two of them during league playoffs. Um, yeah, but so, so we, we see, we see the different level of, of like, of passion between fans and, and, and just how more, how more demanding they are for the club to do good. I mean, you know, missing out on two straight, Liguillas and 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 how the fans venerate that guy, you know. I'm I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm I'm just you know pointing out com- compared to, you know, because 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 in in um in in Argentina, man, they, they when he was in River Plate, he he got him back up to first division, and he only spent like like uh, he didn't finish the season. Like he he only played like one half of the season. And then they let him go, and and they called them on the phone to tell them like, "Hey, we're letting you go." And it wasn't even in person. It's pr- pretty messed up. Um, That's because they have a, they have plenty uh, long-haired, uh, good-looking guys in Argentina. Whereas in, <laughs> whereas in Mexico, the Chivas fans are, you know, they're they're in love with the guy just, you know, partly because of, you know, his <laughs> looks and stuff, and and for holding the goat, just for holding the goat and loving the Chivas, and then. And you, you see, you see all the uh, the people fawn over him, even when he when he shows up to the Chivas movie premiere. He was man. <laughs> they are like in love with the dude. And if it was Chepo, like if 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 this guy, if Chepo did what what Almeida did, like say Chepo didn't have the the NT bad experience with the national team, say he, uh, but say he he did exactly what what uh, Almeida did, they would not be loving them some Chepo, man. Well. Um, it's a personality and a and a and a perspective thing with uh, with Mati. Yeah. Oh, it's like you know he. It's how he talked. It's how he talked, and he connected with the fans because he he sort of like sounded like like a fan, and he always talked about like just how great Chivas is and all that. Yeah. And then he he even said, "I'm gonna get the Chivas. I'm gonna get the Chivas badge." 
But then you ended up just getting the trophy. The the, the league trophy. Oh, yeah. I backed out last minute. But but yeah, man, we're beginning to see that, and, and uh, hopefully, hopefully this this will make the clubs more competitive, you know, because yeah, if you're if you are if you're an Aguila fan, and and you're gonna have your two biggest rivals, Chivas and Cruz Azul, and and if Cruz Azul wins doblete, you're you're gonna have them like. It sort of starts becoming bragging rights. And then you, you don't want, you don't want your, the rivals to have that over you. Yeah, I could, uh, yeah, we're gonna hear, cri- we're gonna hear crisis if, uh, if America doesn't win. The, uh... well, I was hearing it, <laughs> I was hearing it as a Chiva fan cause, uh, they, they would make fun cause like, uh, Ron would always say how, Chivas had not been able to win the Conca champions since like 1950. It was late, like the late 50s and they were calling Chivas the Atlas of the Conca champions. <laughs> Cause Atlas, you know, their last league win was in like in 50, 51. Um, so yeah, you, you always, you know, it comes down to bragging rights, but you always want your team competing. Uh, and, and I think one thing that happened, you know, in, in Mexico, once they started switching, it was like in the 70s when they switched to league, to, you know, playoffs, you know, copy like the, the, the sports here in the U.S. where you have playoffs. Um, and also to try to mimic like the World Cup when you had group stage and then, and then you went to the elimination. Um, around that time, they, they sort of like, they, they sort of like, Stop playing because they would play all these cups. They played the Copa Mexico, which is, you know, Copa MX. They had Copa Campeones and so, you know, all of these other cups. And they sort of like pushed them to the side. You know, like they, they stopped like promoting them. They stopped like caring about them. And it's, it's, I think that that hurt. I, I do feel like that hurt the football culture in Mexico to an extent. Because, and, and then which then goes to the players, because as a player, you want to, and a young players, you want to be in as many high-profile matches as possible. You don't want to just play one, you know, just Liguilla or just, or just maybe one, one um, league final, you know, in a 10-year career. You want to say you, you played in all these tournaments where you had, like, defining moments like penalty kick shootouts and all that, you know, golden goal, whatever it is. So that I think that just overall you, you have that experience. It makes you a better player. Yeah. I, I think it's more value, valuable when one leads to the other, like a Conca champions leads to a club world cup. Or uh, I guess that's the, that's the main case or like a, before where uh Libertadores qualification wasn't it the the champion and and subcampeon would go to Libertadores no we we never we weren't allowed to do that uh campeon and subcampeon had to go to conca champions and then the third fourth or the or the or fourth the, fifth the, sixth uh wait conca champions was like four teams 
So the top teams went to Conca Champions, and then the other half went to oh, Libertadores. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. so you so you earn it basically, but uh, but like the two cups, like two simultaneous cups, that's sort of that's why I think Copa MX is not really high highly valued, especially because it's against uh, second division teams. You don't earn anything with it, and you don't you don't or you aren't required to win something to get into yeah. it. No, you're right, but but that's where the fans come in because if, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and the fans showed up the, in Monterrey. The, the fans it looked like there was a good crowd. Yeah, no, I mean, but when you lose, the fans have to give you shit about it. You 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 oh, shouldn't yeah. lose to Correcaminos, and then you're at the antro that night, <laughs> and the fans are buying you shots. Which yeah. is what's happening with some of these players, which is like these are true stories. Like you know, some of these teams will lose, and then they will go hang out at night at the bars or wherever, and you have fans just buddying up with them. And, uh, which I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I would say in the long run, it makes you complacent, you know? So com- compared to some of these other places, like, like, you know, like in Argentina, if you lose one of those matches, you better not be seen, man. You, you better lay low because if you, if, if you're, if you're out at the bar that night, the fans are going to give you shit, man. They're going to, they're not going to buy you drinks. They're going to go, Pelt your car. <laughs> yeah. There was, ah, man, there was a story, I forgot, where the fans went, because this team in Argentina, this happened like a week or maybe two ago, and the fans, dude, they invaded a training, a training session, and they punked the players because they weren't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to let them know, like, hey, man, you're, you're ruining the shirt. Well, you see, you see a little bit of that in Mexico, like the, those Puma fans that um, went to the gate and was yelling at the players and actually talked to the players. You hear like uh, Lady Lady Machina and Lady Azul, uh, Gonzalo. You see these people. Oh, yeah, but those, those those, yeah, but they're just crying and they're getting recorded. That's not like you invade an actual training where you go into the pitch and you're... Yeah, that's you know, a little more. Got, like, that's a little more. You got ten dudes going up to the to one player, man, to be like, <laughs> "That's that's well, like, Pumas, whoa, man." The Pumas fans did that a little bit. That's what I like. The Pumas fans when they uh, went and talked to the players and they were complaining to them. Um, but yeah, I guess that's the that's a smaller version of what you're talking about. And then Tigres, the problem with a lot of fans, like Tigres fans, oh, those t- guys are those guys are faithful no matter what. They just like they're like indifferent. You could be losing, they'll still be singing. Yeah, that well, that <laughs> that is, is the that is the majority of um, you know, that's the majority of of clubs, of fans in in Liga MX where where the fans, which again, I, I I'm in you know, I'm kind of in the fence with that because you yeah, know, I don't think I, it's good. I, no, 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 but I know I'm in the fence. I like, I understand the whole passion and and, but I I don't think. The, like a player should get like his life threatened or beat up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's uh, at the end of the day, it's still a sport. Uh, yeah, but if it's if yeah, that, that that is true. We never want violence or anything like that. And a lot of people hate soccer because of the of the hooligans and all that aspect of it. But that's the reason why it's the the most popular sport in the world, and that's the reason. That's the reason why the 
those clubs that are so crazy have good teams like Argentina, Brazil. Um, they they require and they insist their team it, their teams are be quality teams, and they demand excellence. And when that happens, the the players are put on the spot. The whole organization is pressured to do well at all in all aspects of the sport, and they become better better teams. If there's no passion, the team has no reason to be better or to improve. So, like, to an extent, it's good. Um, and I think you're always going to get those fringe people that uh, that cause violence and do crazy things or attack drones or, or that all that stuff is good. Like, in my opinion, the drone thing with River and Boca, when, <laughs> when the Boca fans put the drone on the field or when they're, like, trying to weld through the uh, security and throw that through a smoke bomb in the, in the tunnel. <laughs> that, that kind of passion I think is, is okay to a certain extent. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you never want to see things get out of hand. That's why I think the U S is, uh, is not, and I always say they're not a soccer country. They're not going to be, Truly great because that 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 type of that type of passion doesn't exist. It's too they're too it's too polite. It's too uh, uh, like civilized. You gotta have you gotta have a little unrest, civil unrest. A bit savage. (laughs) You gotta be a little bit savage, man. Like you you see that video. You might have seen that video of uh, I think it was Uruguayan kids or Argentinian kids. They're playing at like a Chuck E. Cheese. They're playing soccer. Oh, the the little league. Yeah, the little, like the the little, little like, they're like, like they're like indoor. four-year-olds. Yeah, like indoor four-year-old kids, <laughs> and they were like hacking each other in the leg and stuff. And this kid got mad and he just went and went like studs up on the kid and and uh, knocked him down. His buddy started crying. That's, they were that's doing like, elbows. Yeah, they were like hitting each other, and he just got yeah, mad and he he went at him with like two feet straight straight at his legs and and nailed him. Well, and that's like taught from the youth. Yeah, the surprising thing was that the parents weren't even yelling. Uh, and, and one of them just kept recording. <laughs> just let them, just, just walk it off, dude. Just, just let them hash it out right there. You know? Yeah, that wouldn't happen here. You would have the parents already yelling bloody murder. Um, that was, that was what John likes to call the dark arts. Um, oh, Juan Uribe. Man, right, right when we were talking about the youth and the hacking, we summoned Profe Cambia Rayas. Hey, Juan. I actually want to ask a question. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, man? Hey, uh, I got a question for you since you're on. The, the youth, your youth wisdom. You there? Are you in practice? I think Juan is a little bit his, occupied. His Metro PCS phone doesn't, it loses connection a lot. Hey, I apologize, guys. Yeah, I'm on, I'm low tech right now. This is a flip phone that I'm using. Uh, so as you can see, they still use, uh, they still connect uh, two wires and uh, what is it, a, a string? Yeah. To send a message. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm with you now. Okay, yeah, I got a question for you then. 
Did you did you see that? Like, I think it's been a couple of weeks where there was a video on Twitter of um, these like four year olds. I think they're Uruguayan or Argentinian kids. They're playing like an indoor in an indoor little field. Looked like a Chuck E. Cheese birthday party or something. Well, you know the Argentinian or Uruguayan equivalent, and uh, they're just like hacking at each other, fighting. And uh, and one kid got so mad that he just went it. He went and att- attacked another one with like studs up and like sleds, uh slid into him and hurt him and made him cry. And it's, that's just normal like South American passion. Do you uh, do you think that's important to have in the youth, like that type of aggression and and competition or you know competitive desire to win, even if you're like fighting and kicking each other? Or do you see like the U.S. kids and in, in your in your experience to be a little bit more soft and more okay. calm? All right, hey Beto. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I think as far as passion, you know, um, like there's people like I have uh, parents that play like basketball in college and other sports on, on my team. Uh, you know, on my kids, uh, the 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 teams I coach, and they always say um, that it's that it's the athletes that have that natural instinct to be aggressive. Um, so it kind of ties into your question uh, a little bit, I think, because it, it's really hard to teach a, to teach a youngster. I mean, it, it's not. I think it cut out a little. We lose him again. You know what I've seen with, with, um, when it comes to that, I've seen where certain parents will get upset because they feel that the coach is too harsh, you know, because if we've gotten that way where it's like you can't, where you give timeouts, you know, and stuff like that. And that has, has has back. Say that again. Yeah, oh, yeah. you're back. We lost you for like two minutes. <laughs> you went oh, wrong. You, you didn't hear what I said then, huh? No, you gotta dial it back. You were you you stopped right where you said um that it was instinctive to be aggressive, like for certain players. Yeah, so th- I mean, this is not my thought. This is parents on my team have have mentioned to me that. But, but you said they, they were they athletes. Knew that a, a natural athlete is, is is instinctively aggressive. You know, uh, somebody that's like that athletic, like uh. I mean, I don't know, like a Barry Sanders or, you know, somebody that doesn't want to lose, that, that they're, they're athletic and athletes compete and they, they don't want to lose. But I think I think you can teach that passion, but I think it's important. I, I think you don't want to end up with the uh, with a Carlos Vela type where, you know, he he's a beast, but only when he feels like it, you know? Yeah. And he, and he gets all this, he gets this world-class uh, education, training, uh, development and he can't put it to good use and you don't want to hang your hopes on those type of players you want a player that like man I, I mean if you cross reference it with like another sport it's like Kobe you know Kobe compared to LeBron Kobe LeBron's like a natural athlete right he's got this big big strong body big athlete body he could be you know he can power through and Kobe's like he had to really work at it a lot and guys like LeBron or even Jordan. <clears throat> you know? 
Did you hear my response? I, I heard it. Good point. I, I heard it. But don't you think, because parents are soft now, so you probably get, you know, like their parents, I was telling Chiquis, they'll give their kids time out. You know, because like when I was a kid, like it was fajo, flying chancla, or go cut a branch from the tree. <laughs> yeah. It, and that, you know what? that stuff it, doesn't happen no more. And so. It depends. So you, in, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joel. No, yeah. You don't have that anymore. So it's like even verbal abuse gets 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 seen, you know, it seems like it's really bad. So if, if you're getting your ass chewed by the coach, kids are less likely that because they're not used to that, they're less likely to want to play. And then even the parents might make a big deal about it. Because, you know, I did I, I, I did get, um I remember when I was, I played youth for a little bit and, uh, I remember one time the coach just grabbed me and he's like, because my passing was bad, man, and he, he chewed me out and he's like, you don't deserve to play, man. Get this ball and then just kick it against the wall <laughs> till you get it right. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. I felt like leaving. It was humiliating. and uh, But I went to do it anyways and then it's like 15 minutes later, he he put me back in the match. Uh, we were doing a practice, Cascarita. But those were intense, oh. dude. Those were intense. Those, those were intense, nah, Cascaritas. Man. You, you, you had a bad coach. He should have. I mean, look, if you, you know, if you were trained by Hans Wenzelhoff, I'm sure he would have put you uh, uh, in exercises to improve one your coordination and motor skills, and then he would uh, train your your technique. You know, hey, this is how you fix. You know, your body mechanics. This is how you fix your body. You open your hips. Uh, you strike with this part of the foot for this effect, or. You know, all the little, your, your, your way heel down, toe up. Um, you know what I mean, Jolie? Like, nah, hey, go, bebe, be ya este wey allá unos 20 minutos. Porque you're, you're killing my drill. No, it was, it was, it was, we were having like a match, you know, oh, yeah. 11 versus 11 match. But, but in it practice. was, it, it was in practice and it was with that team, man, they were intense because even if it was practice, Nobody liked to lose. It, uh, it went all out. And were, were you trying to punch above your weight on the team? Like you were trying to go for a, a better team than you were ready for? No, he just wanted me no? to be more aggressive, you know? Because, oh. you know, like if you lose the ball, don't just stand there. Go fight to get it back, you know? Because, yeah, you know, it, it's like dating, dude. Soccer teams are like dating. You don't want to go way above your, 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 your nivel because then you, you know. Hay niveles. And then you get oh, yeah, frustrated and, and you hurt uh-huh. people. <laughs> I was, dude. I was punching above but, my way. Hey. I, I was fairly new and uh, all those guys have been playing longer. Oh, see, that's what it is, man. But going back to your question about the parents, dude, you know, in, in youth sports, you have a mix of, of – some parents are, like, super soft. Um. So they, but they avoid, they, you know, it, it's, it's easy to know quickly because they'll, they'll, they'll take off. You, you know, you pretty much, like for me, I like to see how committed they are and how much they can handle, you know, or, or sometimes you, you bleed them in slowly. You know what I mean, Jolie? You don't, you don't bring out the Bobby Knight till they, they're committed and they can't go anywhere. <laughs> 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 you know, once they fork over, a, you know, a couple hundred bucks. 
they're like, oh, fuck, we already paid. Fuck it. Let's let, let's tough it out. And then if, if they stick it out, they, they realize, hey, it, um, it was worth it, you know? You don't you don't bring out Bielsa's hype man. What was it, Bonini? Well, I have to do a combination of both. I am <laughs> I, I I do the Bielsa and then I'm also Bonini, you know. Yeah, uh, for those that don't know, Bonini is like the Argentine coach uh, Marcelo Bielsa. He has this, you know, he's he's a pretty reserved he, guy. But he passed so, away, and, Jolie. He did. Yeah, oh, man. that's why he got fired from. Uh, that's why he got fired from the last French club he was at. What was it, Marseille or Lyon or Olympique? Man, but well, go you ahead. Just finish, pretty close. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to hear Whatever. about that. So, so Bielsa, he's he's a pretty reserved guy, but he's he's very smart and uh, he understands you need like sometimes you need to fire up the players, and uh, he had this one guy in his staff. Called Bonini, and and there was this right, there's this video that went kind of viral for a bit on YouTube, and it's when he was coaching Chile, and the players are going into the pit, into the pitch, and Bonini's right there, and he's just talking shit to them. He's like, he's he's just, you know, but you can see the players getting hyped, and he's like, la he's going off on vamos hijo puta, he's going and, off on chupete, you, you think, vamos chupete, yeah. You you think you know he's being rude, but he's hyping them up, and you can see it in their faces that they're hungry, man. They're ready. And if you're listening to it and you you've played, it makes you want to just jump in the field, man. I, I got that feeling once a long time ago. Um, they they played a clip. Someone someone went into the Mexico, and it was it was um it was when Aguirre was the coach for Mexico, and and it was. For his game against the U.S., it was it was just, I think it was their first game, and they needed to win because the team had just lost in Honduras, and uh, and he they recorded him hyping up the players like just getting it was they played it on Univision and it was some dude uh, somebody it was like a journalist or someone, and and they it's it's just audio he he had like a little recorder. And he just recorded the audio, and and he's he's like, man, I need eleven hungry lions and this and that, and and he's he's getting the team hyped. It's when they won one zero with a with a Borghetti call. But, oh, I gotta! I've never seen this clip or heard it, so I'm a little. It's I'm just hearing. It's just audio. Um, but oh, okay. but yeah, so so Bonini, man, I, I that dude was like, I, I don't know, man, what 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 were you saying that? With the Marseille or when he when Bielsa left? Yeah, so he he was sick, man. I think I think he had cancer and he was you know, that's why he stayed back in uh man, I don't remember where he was at, if he was staying in Chile or, or in uh in Argentina. I think he stayed back in Chile. Because, uh, you know his son was working for is one of Almeida was one of Almeida's uh, assistants, right? That was his trainer. It was Bonini's son. And uh but anyways, uh, Bonini passed away, dude, and so uh, Bielsa just got a ticket. He didn't tell him. He, he, like, he told the club, I'm leaving, and, uh, you know, he's going to go to his friend's funeral, and they didn't give him permission. Oh, yeah. You know, the club the club didn't want Bielsa to come back, and, and, and you know, because they, they had, like, games, and Bielsa's like, dude, this is this guy's, like, my – I mean, that's his right-hand man for, for many years, man. 
he couldn't. Uh, yeah, the know, fans. The, the fans were mad at the club for doing that to him. Yeah, the the club gave an ultimatum, and so he said, "All right, fuck you guys, I'm out." You know. Yeah. Well, they lost. So, yeah, it, it was a big loss, man, because uh, they they uh, he's doing a great job there, but. Yeah, dude, Bonini. I, I think it was uh, when. What, what club was Bielsa at that he in France? Was it Marseille? Yeah, he was. He was in Marseille. Yeah, man. It was. Uh, I think he wasn't able. I don't think Bonini followed him there because he was. He was sick. He was fighting. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was cancer. We'll have we'll have to double check all these notes, but he had been sick for a while. And uh, well, Mar- quitting over it. Marseille was was yeah he was there for like a year and then he played in Lille, but he wasn't there that long. But I'm pretty sure it's Marseille where where that happened. No, it, yeah, it, it it's funny that in in his wiki they put him for Lazio, even though he didn't even coach one game. <laughs> we go to oh, his wiki because- page. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's why they call him a local man because look, he he went to Lazio and the deal was he he gave him a list of players. He goes, okay, you gotta sign, you know, some of these players. Yeah. And then the clubs are like, all right, we're gonna work on it. Uh, don't worry, we promise. So that was the deal. You sign these players, and I'll go coach there. And uh, so he goes back the next, you know, I guess uh, like a couple hours later, and 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 the club comes back to him. Hey, I'm sorry, but we can't work any of these transfers there. They're not willing to negotiate. They're too expensive, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, Bielsa's not stupid. He follow up with the clubs. Hey, did they contact you about these transfers? And they all said, nope, not a word. You know, we haven't heard anything. So Bielsa said, all right, fuck you guys, I'm out. <laughs> oh, you know what? It was at Lili. It was at, at, at Lili. Lili. I don't, L- I don't L- know how to pronounce it. It's L-I-L-L-E. Yeah, it was at O-S-C. It was right there. Um, so he says, um, he was 67 years old. He's, he was still in Chile. And, um, yeah, and Bielsa went to visit him. He had to, man. And you know where this guy had been at? He was in Atlas. Bonini. He, we are with, with Bielsa. So he was in Atlas and, and in America briefly. When Bielsa so yeah, was he, at America too, huh? He was everywhere Bielsa was, but the hype dude, man, that, man, it's very. That's very his right neat. hand and his and his left hand, dude. Well, that was his right hand. His left hand is some uh, some translator now. Uh, this French guy that he has with him, he was like. I seen, uh, I seen some yeah. of those clips. He's like a philosophy. You know what? He's like a philosophy professor, and he quit his job, and Bielsa hired him to be his like personal translator because he don't want anybody else. He just wants this guy. And that guy, that guy, like, quit his job to be Bielsa's translator, dude. I I would quit my job to be Bielsa's translator, man. Well, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, man. Uh, is Chiki's is Chiki still with us? Hey, man, I want to start to give a give an update, talking about like being soft and passionate, the passion of fans and competitiveness, uh, and going back to the U.S. That I was saying, uh, LAFC is playing, of course. Uh, Real Salt Lake in the playoffs. Are they playing right now? Uh, yeah, and uh, they're down 1-0. Carlos Bella takes a free kick, curls it in, and a guy heads it for a goal and uh, and to tie it up. 
and Nick Romando, this is like right, Nick Romando's back is towards the LAFC fan base. And, uh, and you, and, uh, you just see the beer fly and a plastic cup flies near him. And he starts complaining and the game was, <laughs> the game was suspended. He was just complaining, holding, holding the plastic cup. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 oh, I and, and I was like, oh, okay, man, we have seen like in Brazil, uh, what was that? D- uh, Dida, the goalkeeper got hit with a, a flare. We've seen bottles being thrown in other leagues, and this guy's complaining about a little cup. Before that, he was complaining about, like, some beer drops. Like, he felt some beer drops fall on his head, and he was complaining to the rest. So uh, just it just shows, like, the, uh, the, the softness and the passion that's not – that people aren't used to in the U.S. Like, uh, you, you know what's – it, it, hasn't that been one of uh, uh like if you're like an NFL or baseball or any other sports fan, they've always uh, criticized the the softness of soccer players, the flopping and all that. So it's yep. kind of funny that it, you know they're doing it here instead of uh, uh helping make the the sport popular here. They're probably giving it a you know a step back. Well, no, that like if you ever listen like a long time ago, I used to listen to the gym uh, the Jim Rome show. Yeah. Uh, um, like every day I'd listen to that guy's show and he was like really popular. Uh, he would rag on soccer all the time, like because they're hoodlums, because the violence, the, the, the hooligan aspect of it. And he would just, he would have like a, it was sort of like a meme back in the day of soccer fan go is at it again with his crazy antics. And, uh, and so it was like a bad, like a negative thing about soccer. But that's just that's just to the untrained fan, the untrained person. In the soccer environment, that's you know that shows that you're a great country, that you're a passionate, uh, a passionate fan base um, to the most popular sport. You're not the most popular sport in the world, and not have this type type of thing happen. That's why there's fights in the NFL all the time and stuff. Hey, hey, Beto, um, do you still listen to Jim Rome? Uh, I think he's on TV now. He's not on like free radio, so I haven't. Yeah, I haven't listened to him in a long time. It was like in the night, in the late nineties, early two thousands. At work, I would listen to him all the time. Uh, I wonder what he thinks about uh, 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 James Harden and Chris Paul because you know I watched I watched the Lakers play the Rockets. I hadn't seen basketball for a while, as far as well, I hadn't seen the Rockets. And uh, man, these guys like they exaggerate every little bit of contact, dude. It's like. You know, they, in fact, sometimes they jump into their defender, like they stick out their leg and they, and they are contact. Like, let's say you're standing still. This guy jumps up, sticks, sticks out his leg to hit you. And then he like flops and gets a foul call. You know, like, I mean, for years yeah, I've seen like, uh, like American sports fans in gen, like generally all criticize soccer for the flopping and then, and the diving and calling it, you know, less manly. But I mean, look at the, look at what's going on in the, and you know what? The worst part is the refs. Like they give the foul, you know, they give the free throw. So it's it's freaking what a turn of events, man. I think that's I think that's a little bit new though. Like in the NBA, that's that didn't happen in the nineties and early two thousands. No, it didn't. I mean, it is it is new, but it's yeah, it's it's a it's a you know it's disgusting. Yeah, exactly Wait, Chiquis, Chiquis, could you play the audio of of Bonini? Oh shoot! I I put the link at the cantina. Um, Okay, that are Cantina uh, uh, DMs. Uh, I didn't know he passed away, man. It's kind of sad to hear that. 
Yeah, I think I think Chivas needs a player, uh, someone like that, a coach. <laughs> Pulido, la concha de tu hermana. <laughs> He's too soft, dude. Right, let's, let's see if this works. Maybe not. Oh, wait, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's in the tunnel. They're heading yeah. into the field to play a, I believe it's a World Cup qualifying game. But I'm like, damn, <laughs> game hasn't started yet, and he's he's getting them pumped. Yeah, and that's another thing, like the insults, the insults and stuff. Um, it doesn't translate like in the U.S. like it does there. Like you would. I don't think the I don't think coaches NFL coaches, you know, say those types of phrases and words to their players. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a different culture. Well, a different probably not anymore. Phrase. Yeah. Even even the I think uh, Juan likes to use the phrase Aguirre. <laughs> Aguirre uses it all the time. What did he say? Felicidades. Uh, Felicidades, hijo de... <laughs> Did he say it? I know he would say it in a press conference. I think there's a sign of him. Like of his face and it says, Felicidades, hijo de... Boom. Oh, Did Bella. you want to get cut off again? Oh, that was Bella. By the yeah. way, I'm missing that match. <laughs> I got a TV next to me, so I've been watching it. It's been pretty, pretty entertaining, I guess. The uh, the match before it, though, DC United and uh, Columbus Crew went to penalties. Uh, Wayne Rooney missed a penalty kick, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then and then DC United missed the final penalty kick to lose the game. He just he just blew it over the crossbar, and they lost. So, wait, is so. Rooney with with United? Yeah, Rooney's with United. So they're but, eliminated. Wait. Is it just one match though? I mean Yeah, I guess it's just one one and out. Same with this one. I didn't oh. know that, man. I thought it was home and home. Oh I may maybe I'm wrong. Hold on a second. I might be wrong. Yeah, because I'm like they're already in they're already in penalty shootouts. Are you sure it was um yeah, they went to penalties, so that's that's why I assumed. Let me. Yeah, because the fans, man, the fans are like crying. 
they're fighting in DC. They used to be the top. They used to be the top uh, MLS team. Way back when. Yeah, when I lived in Virginia, I went to a, uh, a Chivas DC United game. And uh, it, it was, was in playoffs, champ. dude. It is. DC United falters in PKs, falls to Columbus in MLS playoffs. I got to, I used to cover, um, I used to cover Chivas USA for this newspaper in Mexico City. Uh, Martin Palacio used to be the editor for the sports section. It was Excelsior. And um, mm-hmm. I used to be their LA correspondent. So whatever amistoso or match, I would I would go cover them and just send them my write ups. But I got I used to have season pass for Chivas USA. But uh, I forgot what year it was because man, it's, it's a while back. <laughs> but I got to see the um, DC United. They played the MLS Cup and they had Freddie Adu. He was like 15 years old or something, and he he yeah. played. Uh, yeah, but I remember going to this MLS Cup final, and, and it was at the Stub Hub, which is, uh, I don't know what's it called now, the Dicks? Or, didn't, I don't remember. I don't know, man, they changed the name, but it used to be the, the Stub Hub and, um, right there in Carson, and I remember that. So I went to go cover that that MLS Cup final, and it didn't look like I was. It was a final, you know. It looked like an amistoso. Like I'm walking, I'm walking through the parking lot, and I'm waiting for the match, and it's like almost no passion at all. It was just, it was just like another day. Uh, but from man, we're talking about like ten years, man, or over ten years now, and. And like you said, you have fans crying and stuff like that. I do think they've come a long way with the way that um, with the league, you know, the the way it it's followed now. Oh yeah, there's definitely like there's a core uh, amount of players. I think a lot of them are former soccer players um, that become fans. And, and the stadiums has helped because before they had to play in the NFL stadiums and, and you're, <laughs> you're, you're playing in this, like the Galaxy, you know, when they're in Pasadena and they're playing in this 90k stadium and there's only like 15,000 fans and it looks empty. <laughs> it looks so empty. It looks like nobody cared to go. Uh, which, which, you know, at the Stop Hub, which is about 25k, you have 15 and it's a really good crowd and then you get 20 and they're closer to each other and then it automatically creates better atmosphere. So a lot of these teams, it took them a while, but they eventually had their own soccer specific stadiums and that, that's been a big help. I remember buying this video game, uh, Pro Evolution. It's a winning 11 series and why well, didn't buy it? I played it. I played it and, uh, they had, they had MLS. They had MLS, and and if, when you played, and, and I think this was like around the late '90s because Luis Hernandez was was at the Galaxy, and that was one of my favorite players. And uh, <laughs> if you if you play like the MLS league, and then they would do like the empty stadiums, like <laughs> uh-huh. it's a video game. You would think they would have the stadium full, but but the, those programmers kept it real, so 
So you will see those stands, and it was like they were just empty. There's just a, a pocket full of fans here and there. That they, would always make me laugh, dude. I was like, <laughs> it's kind of savage. They're keeping it real. I was like, they, they kept it real, man. <laughs> I was like, maybe if I win enough games, more fans will come. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, Vela's, Vela's beginning to be one of the, one of their remaining superstars because, uh, Slatan couldn't qualify with the Galaxy. And that, that team had Slatan and the Dado Santos brothers, which have been a huge disappointment. Um, Jonathan, a few days ago, he admitted, he's like, I've been playing bad. He just, yeah. you know, he just, he just came clean. Um, but it's big disappointment, man. You know, I, I really wanted to see Mexican players dominating this league. And Bella's the only one holding up that torchlight. And, and for, but for like, for like, you know, because how much more better would it be for, for the league if they had, they had Zlatan and, and the Geo and company, you know, in playoffs, you know, just, just creates, Gen- generates more attraction, uh, more interest, and and so a big loss for them not qualifying, which was a big fracaso since they had to beat a team that I believe was already eliminated, or or just not to lose, and they ended up losing, uh, and then Rooney out. Yeah, that just leaves they don't have that many more other big name players. I think Bella's like the one, you know. One of their main guys. I, I could see it happening, Chiquis. I could see Vela leading this team to the to the cup. They got a really good coach, man. I got to I see know. him. Yeah, going back to when I covered, he was at Chivas USA. And he used to take them to the playoffs all the time. And he had a team that was, Jesus, man. It was a pretty bad team. They didn't have that much. Well, I mean, just the, the gringo players they had, they ended up being seleccionados. But they were all young, but, oh, man, the juveniles that Chivas sent over, they were just terrible, dude. It's like, they sent them, like, their worst, their worst players. That's yeah, you have. Oh, is, is John back? <clears throat> yeah, John. John Laguna. So halftime at uh, MLS LAFC or else like. Yeah, it's 1-1. I didn't see who scored the goal, but I did see that Rooney was uh, was eliminated via the penalty kicks. And FC Dallas lost last night. And, uh, well, of course, you know, the, the big teams are like the Seattles and the Atlantas. Uh, those guys are still... Uh, are still going, so it'll have to be, uh, you know, at least another week before Mexico can officially name Tata Martino as their, <laughs> as their coach. El Tata, yeah. He, he, well, he, um, he decided not to extend his contract, and, uh, the rumors had been flying for a while that Mexico had contacted him, and after that, People were putting it as a done deal. 
then there was talks with uh, Ruben Omar Romano that he was saying that he would he would work alongside of Tata if if, if he was to arrive, and then Romano sort of threw Norberto Scoponi under the bus. I think he said that Scoponi was already scouting players or something along that line. And um, just recently we had news that Argentina wanted Tata Martino back. If that's their Bombero Luna, I'm guessing. <laughs> that's, their, that's their two go guy there. They're well real for Chivas. Yeah, like I mentioned, I mean, he's he's coached them at at least twice that I know of, and I'm sure that yeah, it's uh, you know, it seems like Argentina only wants a coach like that when someone else wants them. I've I I have noticed I I have noticed that. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, uh, Simeone doesn't want none of that, and then uh, their next one of their hot guys right now is is El Muñeco Gallardo. And if he wins Libertadores, this would be his second Libertadores. I mean, this guy is, he's stamping a one-way ticket to Europe. Probably La Liga, you know. Um, and I think, uh, I think Gallardo would, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he would, he would be a candidate. If he would want, if he would want it. You really haven't heard his name, but if he does win the cup, he he is going to start getting named. Um, and so so Scoponi talked about Tata, and he said um, he said about the Argentina stuff, and he's saying that Tata wouldn't want to return to Argentina because he's he feels slighted. Well, he should feel slighted, and, and that he feels like they're not going to let him work the way he wants to, and that. They would be more willing to, to join the Mexico, Team Mexico, man. So I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and, I mean, and then the, I mean, why, why wouldn't he feel slighted? I mean, he, he coached, like I said, he coached Argentina in 2016. So they make the finals of, uh, Copa America, of Copa America twice. I mean, they don't win the tournament, but he didn't make he didn't make the final, and uh, so, and then and you know, and then they fired him after that. It doesn't seem to make any sense. You know, he took he took uh, you know Paraguay to the Copa America final in 2011. So he made so he made in, in the three Copa Americas that he that he coached, he made three finals in a row. And then they fire the guy. I mean, would you want to go back to that? Yeah, yeah, not not good, not good. And then the Mexican media, being the Mexican media, started linking Lopetegui, who had just been sacked after being humiliated by Barcelona at the Superclásico Español, and so someone were already naming him as a possible candidate, which is like, are people really taking this serious? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I do think Tata Martino is probably the favorite just because of the fact that he's already announced that he's leaving. But the reality is that it's it's going to be something, you know, if if it's not Tata, they're not going to get a Lopetegui, they're not going to get Pochettino, they're not going to get Pellegrini, they're not going to get Mourinho 
or uh, Altobelli or or Fabio Capello or any of those guys. It's gonna be it's gonna be a local guy, and, and you know, and that's why I, I insist it, it. You know, at this point, you know, it's gonna be between Caixinha, Diego Alonso, and Tuca. No Piojo, man. Well, Piojo's, Piojo, Piojo is. The, oh, you have him as the bombero. He's the bombero. Everyone's gonna hate it if Piojo gets called. I think and not I'm me, liking... not not me. I I would not hate it. I I like me some Piojo, dude. You could throw the people... side of La Pioja to that as well. For a lot of people. I think Caixinha, Caixinha. When you listed out your winners of Copa MX, he won it with uh, Santos. Yes. Uh, a while back, so he's also he's... won the title with Santos. Yeah, he he's been he's been really solid. He knows the Mexican league real well, so. I think he might be the guy. And the thing with Diego Alonso is like, man, with the, the stacked uh, team that he has and, and still not doing, you know, super well, it's really surprising. It's, and you, his, and you it's see, his first season, man. Well, you see, it, still, look at these, look at these players. And then, and then you see, uh, Pizarro and it's partly his fault. Uh, what's his name? Gallardo has been more dangerous and especially in last night's game than, uh, than Pizarro and a lot of, in a lot of the games, so. Yeah, Pizarro's been just... a disappointment. Pisa goal, man. It's just that I, I think it was. Pisa I think no. it hurt. <laughs> I think it's hurt his ego because he saw himself right up there with Chucky and that other Pachuca guy. I forget his name. I keep confusing him. Guti. The guy that joined. Yes, Guti. And, and he, you know, because cause he, he grew up playing with those guys. And and he probably saw himself being in Europe before them. Well, he it's, went it's for, almost, the, for the money with Chivas. No, I don't. Well, I don't think he went for like. I don't think he had an option. Um, and and uh, but uh, but I also don't think there was much offers because I had never heard any rumors of, of any club being interested. And, and um, but it, it's almost similar to what happened with with. Oh man, with with uh, Marquitos Fabian, where he was part of this Olympic squad and he was part of with this group of players, and he saw himself going to Europe, and and then he saw all these other players leaving before him, and it just kind of messed with his head. As of the time when he started having problems with Chivas, and Chivas ended up sending him to Cruz Azul, and they ended up doing him a world of good because he. He got his head right with Ball at Cruz Azul, ended up making the World Cup team in 2014, and after that he had a, a brief but serviceable career in uh, in Europe. Yeah, well, I mean, Chivas brought him back, but that's when um, when Nestor gave him a contract, and he's like, "I'm I'm gonna I'm put a clause here that if there's any interest, we'll facilitate. You know, we're, we're not gonna like double your asking price or anything." Well, not his asking price, you know, his his value, and and he did. He ended up leaving to uh, what was it, Frankfurt? Right. Another rumor yeah. is uh, uh, Pulido going to Monterrey. That's what I think I saw today. I don't know how truthful that is, but I don't think nobody wants Pulido right now, man. He's damaged goods. He's gonna have to lower what you know. His wages, because he's. I wouldn't pay him that. That you know, he's just not. 
he's he's just not like to me he's not doing enough to earn that to earn that yeah. type of money. Yeah, unfortunately for Pulido, he uh he got injured in that Modelo game right before the World Cup. Or not the sorry, the the Gold Cup where he would have been the starting striker in the That's in true. The, in, in the Modelo Gold Cup and he just he just it really hasn't been the same player since because he was you know, this is coming off uh terrific Liguilla where he scored all the goals to to lift Chivas to the to win the title and, and he gets injured, you know, he breaks his elbow. I think it was in a, in a, in a, in a freak accident, you know, playing in, in Seattle on one of those fields. And it's like, you know, how many, how many of these guys are going to have to get hurt for, for Femex food to realize, Hey, maybe, maybe, and I'm not saying that it happened because of this field, but I'm, I'm saying it probably, you know, didn't, didn't help the matter as much, but I mean, how many, how many more players have to get hurt for Mex, Femex food to realize that, playing games and, you know, temporary fields or, or field turf fields is just not a good idea. I mean, how many, how many guys have had, have had, have had, you know, career downturns because they've gotten hurt in meaningless friendlies playing on these bad fields. And, uh, you know, you know, Pulido's another one who's, you know, this happened, what, two years ago, or I guess, I guess a year and a half ago now. And, uh, and he just has, he just hasn't been the same guy. He hasn't been the same guy at all. It's uh it's it's very unfortunate. You know, I would be playing the sad flute for him right now if I had my, my audio board, but I don't have it. <laughs> we're, we're missing the sad flute. We haven't had sad flute in, in a while. We really need the return of sad flute. Yeah, I need I need, I need to, since I'll be spending my time, I just need to just keep that stuff in the car and then when <laughs> I, when I when I do a show I'll be I'll, I'll be ready to go. You guys want to want to preview the uh, the weekend Love Liga MX? Let's do it. Okay, let yep. me let me let me just get a, a chart, man. Cause... Let's jump right in. Let's see who. Uh, well, let's, let's 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 talk about uh, you know the, the the teams that have the, uh, the the teams that have the must win. So let's just before we jump in, let's just briefly. Discuss the standing. So, so there's three weeks left, and right now America and Santos are in the lead with 28 with points, followed by Cruz Azul with 27, Pumas with 26, and then Toluca with 25, Monterrey 23, Morelia with 22, and Tigres with 20. So the ninth place team right now is Pachuca with 19. So technically nobody is officially qualified to the Liguilla. Because there, there is a uh, nine point difference between the ninth place team and the eighth place team. But there are obviously teams that are gonna, that are gonna make the Liga if, if they win, if they win this week. So with, uh, with that said, we have, uh, Morelia playing Tigres, which is, which is a, yes. a, a huge, huge yes. game. Uh, probably the, the biggest, most important game because the loser of this game could, 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 could find themselves on the outside looking in with, uh, with, with two weeks left to play. Yeah. Swimming upstream, man. Yeah. And, you know, and Morena is, uh, they have a good team. They, uh, you know, they, they unfortunately got rid of their best player, uh, Rui Diaz, uh, who uh, is now scoring goals for Seattle Sounders and Seattle Sounders, you know, got, got well enough that they have a bye in the first round of the playoffs. 
They have a, they have a good coach, uh, you know, a guy that we don't, I'm not sure why we don't talk about this guy on the show. We don't. He's a Mexican. We should be ashamed of ourselves. <laughs> we mentioned him a few times, John. But we should talk, we should talk about him more. Cause he's, he's, uh, he's defied the odds of, of the, you know, new, new Mexican coaches have about a six month or less life expectancy. That's right, because just, just last season alone, there was, there was Paco Palencia, there was Chiquis Garcia, there was Jimmy Lozano, and none of those, well, actually Paco Palencia, I think he's still at Lobos, but, uh, but Jimmy Lozano and, and, and Chiquis, uh, your tocayo, just, they just haven't gotten a sniff. Although, according to one of our, one of our sources, Jimmy Lozano has been considered for the, uh, for a couple of, of, of the youth positions. Uh, spots in, 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 in Femex Foot, which I think would be an excellent hire because, you know, Jimmy Lozano is, you know, one of the players that, um, you know, uh, you know, had he, had he not been injured, was, uh, you know, someone that was on track to, uh, have a, a, a very solid career for himself. I mean, he already did, but, but, you know, he was one of those guys that, you know, probably could have made the jump and unfortunately didn't get a chance to. But that's, yeah, so, 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 so again, here we are. We're, we're trying to talk about the Morelia coach and we're talking about other coaches just to show how anonymous this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> Roberto, Roberto Hernandez Ayala is, is the guy's name. And he's been there for a couple, this is what his third season, if I'm not mistaken, there at, uh, at, uh, yeah. wasn't he assistant? He was assistant under, um, Ojitos. Yeah, so it, so we have the, the La Puentistas and we have the La Volpistas. Would, would the Ojitos Mesa, would they be Mesistas or Ojitis, Ojitistas? Okay, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Or would they be Ojetes? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not right. No, I guess they would be, uh, I guess, Mesistas. But uh, no, he, he's been he's been a terrific coach uh, for them, and you know, as as Joel said, he's a Mexican. You know, he's a young guy; he's only fifty one. Um, you know, he has coached other other. He's coached Morelia as you know, on an interim basis uh, quite a bit, but this is not the first time he got uh, got it permanently, and uh, and he's been there since twenty seventeen. You know, this is a big test for him if, if he if he can you know put uh, Tuca on and, and Tigres on life support for the uh well not necessarily life support but put him in a in critical condition for for, for the last two weeks. I mean that would certainly give them a, a rather large opportunity and they would be the one uh, the one team out of the uh, out of the eight that aren't necessarily considered quote unquote you know equipos grandes so they would so they would be the one uh, the one team, the provincia, let's say, that, that would sneak it, because all the other ones are either, uh, well, I guess Santos too, but they're, Santos is, is too consistent not to be considered a grande as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how y'all feel about that. I know that they play in a small market, but they've been playing like a big team for 20 years. So I consider them a a, a big team. A good at team. Least, at well, least like, talent-wise. The definition varies, but they're a good, they're a good team, great team, possibly. I think when we talk about big team, this is off topic, but, uh, fan bases with the well, sure. Chiva, Chiva Hermanos 
and Americanistas like to like to tout. But one one thing going back to the uh, to the standings is I think well, I think we talked about it one of the podcasts previous. Uh, Pachuca has a really they, they're playing Necaxa on Saturday, and they're right below both Morelia and Tigres, so they have a really good schedule coming up against uh, Necaxa and then Atlas after that. Well, so but they, they have a good they have a good chance to sneak in. Here's the problem with Pachuca. Is that they just? Uh, I mean, I I just don't have the confidence in them to, uh, to 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 be able to get those to get those results. But you're right, though they have Necaxa, Atlas, and León, uh, three teams that are definitely on the on the bottom half of the table for them to make it. So you would have to expect that Atlas would, would win two of those. That would put them on 25 points. So. 25 points uh, would be the threshold that people would have to cross in order to uh, in, in order to qualify. So, so that game is Tigres uh, Monarcas is on uh, Friday, I should say. It, it, it's tomorrow, and they're going up against uh, Puebla Guadalajara, and that is a game. Actually, I think Puebla, if I'm not mistaken, they still have. Uh, they still have a shot. They are have 18 points, so they're one point behind Pachuca. So Puebla could conceivably. So they certainly have something to play for. Guadalajara absolutely positively has to win. They're, they they no les queda otra. Uh, if if Tigres is on in critical condition, um, Guadalajara is on life support, and Joel has summoned the priest for the last rites, and he's warming up his plug pulling hand on uh, <laughs> on Chivas to see if they can. Uh, if, if they could just go ahead and call time of death on on, on the season, Joel Puebla Chivas is Puebla going to put Chivas out of their misery, Joel, or are Chivas fans going to have? I think Morelia did that. I I think um, I think Morelia did that last week. So you think the plug has been pulled? Yeah, I do. I mean, you might think you're getting a pulse, but I, I don't. I just at this point I don't see it, you know. The only thing that lacked in that Morelia game was uh, Carlos Fierro scoring a goal. That would have been the nail in the coffin right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 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 Puebla has a chance there, according to Joel. The Chivas are, have officially mailed it in, so they will no longer be competitive and should be expected to be beaten five zero. Well, I mean, no, not not to that extent. I still think they're going to be competitive at this point. Now, you know, and it's something Cardoso's been doing. And I think he's done a really great job, and he's been giving a lot of the younger players more more playing time. Uh, to the point where Salcido was even complaining because he's, uh, you know, Cardoso told him like, "Hey, man, you just, you know, you're not a fit anymore for this club." But Salcido just refuses to retire. He wants to go the route of Conejo, man. He wants to be the next Conejosaurus Rex. And I was like, dude, Salcido, man, come on. He should have left through the big door, man, right after the league win or after the Conca Champions win, man. Just just exit on a high note instead of right there, you know, dando lastima. Well, I mean, at at the very least, he can be like that. You know, if they're if they're you know actually winning one zero, you know he'd be a good guy to bring off the bench just yeah. to put it on them. You know, just yeah. 
No, but what this team needs, the Chivas team, which is, and you know, it, it's it's a good team. I still think it's a good team. They're just lacking. Right now, they're lacking a goleador nato. They haven't had a consistent goal scorer the way that that Omar Bravo was. Like Omar Bravo wasn't. He would at least guarantee you about five, six goals a season, and then in a good season, he would he would he was scoring the double digits or like any anywhere between nine and eleven. Uh, and you just don't have that at Chivas. You, you have guys that can't even score five goals in in a in a whole what out of seventeen games. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty problematic. The one dude that was able to do it was Chicharo, and he left. He left as soon as he had his breakout season. So that's what they're lacking, and it's hard to find. You know, like teams don't let go of those type of players. Mexican. Yes. Saldivar has five goals. Yeah, but I'm saying, does he, has he been scoring that every season? Well, we can look at last season. Yeah. You want me to look? Okay, I'll look. Yeah, let's Hey, what's up, Is John on here? Yes. ¿Qué onda, Juan? ¿Qué onda, Juan? Are you watching my Thunder Live? No, man. You, oh, did you do that? Did you do that game? I, I, I had a practice, man. Yeah, no, I do all. I do all of them, man. I have like seventy to go. <laughs> oh, I, I think they played the Lakers, right? Or, well, I didn't watch that game. No, no, they played uh, the Corn- the Hornets tonight. They won. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, oh. we'll talk. We'll, talk we'll, we'll do Laker talk a little bit. So, so Juan and, and Juan. Hey, man, but, but Jolie's wrong, play. dude. I mean, look. Uh, uh, What's his name? Scored four goals last season, uh, Pulido. Last season it was no, four. I mean, oh yeah, no mames, no mames, no mames, no mames, four goals, wait. Four goals? <laughs> 17 hey, game season. If Jolie wants five goals, this guy gave you four. Uh, what? Uh, the, the season before that, it was, uh, Pizarro giving you, One uh, player, way, one same player. I said consistency. Don't name me ten players. Dude, there's you, a, you... there's a player on the squad consistently scoring five goals. The, the truth of the matter is that, yeah, well, the team likes firepower. Me that what it look look the quality five goals is not there. Eight, I said eight look, goals he, is what they This ultra, is my this is my bone to pick with Jolie, okay? <laughs> you you had this system with Almeida where the, the team oh. it, it, it looks offensive, they're attacking. You had a uh you have Pizarro with six goals, you had a Pulido with seven goals, Saldivar with four goals. Now this was like at the at the peak of their of their prowess where they became uh or champions, you know. Comp- now, the, the, the now, Copa Mekis Campionissimos. Uh, the double, the, they did the double that time, or the triple if you count the, the Supercopa, right? Well, well you, well, you but, can't, but, Raya, you, you count the Pachuca Trophy, so you had your own Campionissimo. You the won, doblete, like, there row. you go. The you doblete, like, I, did, <laughs> I did the doblete. Hey, <laughs> hey before, the doblete before, because Chivas came back and won the Copa, the, before, the Conca Champions come, Copa. Come, wait, before Camberaya, straight yeah, from what Jolie, I said. Jolie, wait, wait. You, what, Dude, what I was saying, look, not consistent in, in your criticism, no, man. You, no, you're man, saying, you, you, you let your feelings get right in the way. Okay, what's, what, how's the team doing? What's the standings? No, if, man, if look, look. Dude, right now you would be shitting all over. I, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm pro Almeida, but it's, it's obviously inconsistency with you because right now you're, you're saying, oh, the team isn't that bad, but where, what's the standings? How many points they got? Are they in Liguilla? You know, you've no, been really. The the last uh, uh, two seasons you were railing. They're not in Liguilla. Is the manager? Yes. He sucks. He doesn't have the quality. They bring in Cardoso. 
and, and nothing changes, dude. So that that kind of tells you the, the only consistent Wait, thing here but is, is that management. Down, you're you're throwing a bunch of stuff into the box. No, man. dude, I'm I'm one one, one PS, topic Jolie. at a time. No, because because like we're saying about Bravo. PS, I'm, that's well, first, what I'm doing. first no Bravo, because I was saying. At his, at his low, like, Dude, you know, like... They, they did not have a... Did they have the leading goal scorer when they won the league? Wait, but l- no, let me did check. did they have it, yes or no? I, I need to check, man. Let no, me, they didn't it's do it, but they, they had four or five guys scoring goals. They had Pizarro, Pulido, you know, Saldivar with... with but I need to know, I need to know who you're like talking about. Goals. I thought you were talking about when... when uh, I'm talking about Bravo. No, but see, I'm talking about Bravo. But they Bravo haven't had because... a consistent goal scorer. Even even once Bravo left, uh, you had Chicharro have that wonder season where he would have been campeón de goleo, but Aguirre called well, him was. up to sit him on the bench. He was. And he, he, he was. He, he was. He tied it with Herc. He was. He was yeah. co champion, but he would have ran away with that thing. Chivas probably could have been champions. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think it's just. I, I think it's a systemic problem, Jolie. It, it, you know, you want to say, oh, they need a. They need a guy to to finish to push it in the net. They have those yes. guys. They, they, they've been doing it, uh, you know. No, but uh, I, I said they have like that or, goleador because look, and I was saying they, about they they, they had they had the players. They had the players. El, el cambia el cambia no deja hablar. I still think you need that one, that one Which quality one? attacker that oh, can make the difference. You want no, Messi no, just, or Ronaldo? No, man. Like like Furch for Santos. They don't have to go that far. But I was saying with with Bravo, even though he Furch. wasn't like so. He, if if Furch was naturalizado, Joel, would 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 Chivas would Chivas have him on the score? No, no. But if he was born in you know in Mexico instead of Argentina, in, 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 be, in Monclova. How, how does that saying go? How does that saying go? Si mi tía tuviera huevos, <laughs> fuera mi tío. But but cambia, <laughs> yeah, no cambia, man. Story. Here, here, look, let me, let me, let me, let me make, let me make my point, man. You keep, you keep interrupting me and then changing the, the goalpost. You're, you're yeah, flip-flopping, you, that's what I'm saying. I'm not flip-flopping, you know, you know how am I flip-flopping if you don't let me finish? He was flip-flopping, man. <laughs> Calm down, man. lost the election. <laughs> you just lost the so, election, man. <laughs> no way, look. So, so Bravo was pretty much, he was like consistent in that he would score Minimum like five, five goals per season, uh, and then so on his good season, he would, he would you, score. But I think would, what Joel's point is, if you wouldn't mind, Joel, is that Chivas might have a guy that scores what you're saying, Camarayas, but it's one guy and it's a different guy each season. What Joel is well, saying they, say is that they, they need a they need a guy that that scores yes. at least five goals every season. Yes, they, they had the that. same guy. They, do. They, no, 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 the same guy. The so you think guy, same having guy. to be a different guy uh, changes a lot? Yes. Because to me, it, it doesn't change much if you still have one guy, you know? No, because 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 in it, Cambia, you go add, if this guy is good it, for five goals a season, and then every other season he's going to score nine or 12, and then you have this other guy that's going to have a good season too, now you have two dudes, and then you go add. You go add and so now you have saying, more than 20 goals between them as opposed to right now Chivas has one dude with five and three with just two goals. And, and then just, just so to I make think, the... I, I think on game day they could dress 18. Now what you're saying is out of 18, you want two guys, two guys that are good, right, on the field out of 11. I uh, know, mommy. I'm so, looking for consistency, uh, way. The more consistent players you have, the, the better 
chances you have of of winning a match. It, Jolie, so what you're saying is, if you if you change two or three of the starting eleven, send them to the bench, and they had two or three quality starters replace them, or above above the the standard right now, you'd you'd have a better team that could compete for the championship. So yeah, you I, you know what. Dude, Chivas came close to winning on. a few games. Hold on. That, that Let's if they... back the truck up. Hold on. Let's back the truck up. Hello, wait, wait. Hang, 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 hang on. Hang on one second. Hang on one second. Because well, Jolie, no, 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 you, no, 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 no. you wanted a middle fired because Juan, he said the squad was not competitive. Juan, the way he mute. Time to mute. And, and I want to add two or three guys that are, that are consistent, dude. Profe, profe. Profit. Let's <laughs> let's let's pump the brakes Dude, on the Chivas talk. Uh, hey man, you're 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 rustling my jimmies over here, Jimmy, with your with your flip flopping man. What? <laughs> I'm like triggered, dude. Flip flop. Like, you, you seen the picture of that guy that's like shaking? <laughs> <laughs> that's me, dude. He, he's a dude. I'm this, sorry, Jan. I'm his sorry, hand man. into a fist. <laughs> you, you come in here, profe, and let's just start throwing grenades. Hey, hey, who made you king of this, uh, well, how's it going? Who, who made you pope of this dump? Yeah, who made you pope <laughs> of this dump? <laughs> hey, last season, though, Alan Pulido scored more goals than, uh, than Julio Furch. So when you talk about consistency, I, I sort of, I sort of can see Cambia's point. As long as you have one or two guys that, that are able to provide some goal scoring, maybe, maybe they're not consistent. But as as a team as a whole, as long as there's enough goals being scored by yeah, those but, forwards. Yeah, but the, but the one season that he said he had here like 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 three and four guys that scored six seven goals. When was yeah. the last time Chivas did that? The the well, what the it was Clausura when they were champions. But uh, my 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 bone to pick with Jolie <laughs> is that he's saying that the team's not good enough as built, and, and he pretty much criticized Almeida uh, for making that comment and and refusing to. To, to ride along with the expectations that, uh, uh, Gatos, Higuera and, and, you know, was putting on him. And, and, and so, but now Jolie's coming back and repeating what Almeida said in, in a diff, in his own way, but he's basically saying, Hey, the squad is built is not good enough. You know, point blank. That's what Jolie said. And, I didn't say the squad that, wasn't that, good that, enough. That, I said that, they're lacking a goleador. Oh, I said okay. they would have had the goleador. The, the squad as built doesn't have a consistent goal scorer. You know, big difference. Yeah, they haven't as had one. built, as built. So you would like a goal scorer. So you want to sign like a Furch or somebody, that, you know, that they should have had. No, I mean, well, that was that was supposed to be Pulido, so, and so now just, you're backtracking. He's he's like, look, with Saldivar, since you mentioned him, and I've been holding on to this for ten minutes. He he does have five goals, but then Clausura. Okay, then, so you, would you I, change any of the players <laughs> on the squad? <laughs> or you keep them. Um, you keep them no, all. You go to war would, with that the, the squad you have. I'll keep them because some yeah. of them are young, like Godinez and some of these guys, and they just need more playing time. Um, some of them, they they haven't had that much playing time. So last season, um, Saldivar only played three games due to injury, but he's he, he was injured um, last season. He started yeah. the season injured. Yeah, he so he's only had two seasons where he scored five goals. 2016 Apertura and then this season where he might be able to break it. So I, I mean I would that would be a win if he could maybe get to eight, you know. I mean I I think Godinos has like the, the, the um 
he has the build, the size, and he's an interested uh, prospect. Uh, but but then you get into you yeah, know what's I mean, the priority on, for? I mean, he's isn't Godinez already like twenty two? Yeah, he's he's. he's I mean, yeah, if he's twenty two and he's still twenty one. Yeah, that's young for Liga MX. For Liga yeah, MX. <laughs> and and then you have JJ Macias. Uh, you know, he's come in score a few bangers. He's not that much. I mean, he's a little bit shorter. He's nineteen. Uh, you got Saldivar at twenty four that still hasn't had a, his breakout season, but uh. Uh, you know, you know, I mean, Saldivar is going to be on the World Cup just by by default. Like no <laughs> well, yeah. Well, 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 that's kind of the point that that that. Uh, I mean, that's the issue with Chivas. Like, which prospect do they focus on? Do they focus on the the guy that has a, you know, JJ Macias who's twenty one? He's a lot younger and he's got a nice uh, build to be a like a true uh, nine, you know, in El Area. Or do they 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 work on? They keep giving Zaldiva run run of games. Okay, you know? look, look. I, I'm just really yeah. quick, just just to finish my point. Uh, I'm yes, going through Furch. I'm going through Furch. Uh, the goals that Furch scores since 2015. So he was he was in Veracruz. Uh, Ten goals in in Clausura 2015. Eight goals in in uh, Apertura 2015. Uh, four goals in Clausura 2016. Six goals in Apertura 2016. Then he scored five goals his first season at Santos. And okay. then he had, then he had two seasons at nine and one at 11. Let me, let me ask you something, Jolie. But is like an creating, average. Is he creating his own goals or is he, is there a, doesn't is there matter. A, it doesn't matter. He's a better cruise, dude. Come how on. How many goals? How many? I think it matters many, a little. How many chances, uh, does he get to shoot on goal? Let's say for his, uh, how many shots on? How many shots did he have for his uh, uh, his last seasons? You know, I, I think it matters. Whoever his creative Look, midfielders are, they matter, Jolie. You can't. Just... He was, dude. He was in Veracruz. Come on, and he still his average was still way better than what Chivas has. Veracruz, come on, dude. So they don't even you, get paid. So they don't I mean, even but, get, get paid in in beer. But and there's no food tabritas. for Chivas. Chivas has no food. <laughs> what, what do you? Uh, what's the point of the comparison? That was the whole, that was the whole point of the comparison. Is that Chivas doesn't have a food. That's that, exactly yeah. the point. So the no, team but, bill is not competitive, Jolie. No, look, I'm saying this guy in a regular season, he's good for at least, if I were to average it, yeah. I would so say we, about, about seven goals. Chivas should have a average, food. Well, they right? should have more than one, but I'm saying that it has hurt them not being able to have a player that could do that, that even so if the, the team is playing bad, enough. he's going to... not good enough. No, it's not the squad. It's just... It, it's just This is a bigger it? problem where it's like Mexico doesn't produce many attacking players. You don't really see that many attacking Mexicans. I mean... Is, I mean... Isn't what Chivas say, a, cantera, a Cantera team? You know, you had this... Uh, they are, but we know, just... Jose, Jose Luis Real running the Cantera for 20 years. Where's the strikers? Well, they're gone. He said, Toluca, wait for Toluca, man. Give him two more years. <laughs> See what happens there. Where's that, where's that 25 year old striker that Chivas you have right now? You know? Hey, Bella and Cheech both went to Europe. Okay. Can we, can we, can we go back to what we were talking about now that we've got all your, have you guys gotten all your, all your Jimmy's. Yeah, Jimmy wants awful. better players on Chivas, so he's. I mean, he's saying the squad is not good enough. Oh yeah, look, I'm sorry. Look, I'm not going to. I'm not going to waste waste more show time 
a right. team that only has one home win this season. Yeah. No mind. <laughs> yeah. One home there. Yeah. Savage. Jesus, Jolie. Alright. So, hey, hey, who made you pull for this dog? So, so here we uh so so here we go. Glad to have you with us, Prophet. So on uh, on on Saturday we have as as uh Chiquis have pointed out like three hours ago that Pachuca's playing Necaxa. America's playing Toluca, which uh anybody who who listens to the show knows that uh that uh Ron, our our, our resident Americanista for whatever reason, just does not like Toluca, and in fact, he says he it really pains him to to lose to Toluca. So let's hope that Toluca wins this weekend against uh, against America. It rustles his Jaimes. Big time. Monterrey plays uh, Veracruz, and Lobos plays Tijuana. So that game's really not that important. Of course, the, the game of the weekend is coming up. You know, you Sunday. know, I I think he got beat up at the stadium. That that that's gonna be my uh, my. My guess on why he hates Toluca so much. You know, he maybe. probably he started a fight with a with a you know Diablo Rojo and maybe he had some bad chorizo when he was in, uh, in Toluca. <laughs> <laughs> and it's never. Uh, oh man, chorizo never, poisoning. <laughs> never gotten over it. Okay. <laughs> so, so the game of the game of the week is Unam Cruz Azul. Sunday, high noon at, uh, at Seoul. Uh, but I, I think what's going to end up happening is usually we have a game like that. It's going to, it's going to, uh, kind of fall flat and end up zero, zero. Querétaro, which I think Querétaro is still, uh, yeah, they're, they're still very much alive. They have 19 points. They, uh, they are going up against, uh, Santos, which, uh, as we know, is at the top of the league. And then the Aquim Porta game is Atlas Leon. Sunday at six. That that's like the one, the to, the the filler to uh, the relleno to uh, to fill out the rest of the schedule. So, profe, yes, sir. I asked uh, I asked Hoyle this question, and and he said that uh, that it had already happened. So, so 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 back to Chivas. They uh, they have sixteen points. They have 16 points. They're mathematically still alive. But if, if they lose to Puebla, should Chivas fans just go ahead and and uh, and then pay their respects and put the flowers down and have and and, 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 and make since tomorrow is the is the Dia de los Muertos? Should should they put the ofrenda out tonight or, or wait until or wait until after the game? Ah. Uh... Refresh my memory. Is this game at home or away? No, it's in Puebla. You know, Kivas has... They've done... In the past, they've done well on the road, better than they've done at home. Um, but man, you know, it's a tough season. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say they win tomorrow. I mean, they win, John, so... Oof. So, so uh, Chivas fans are going to have at least one more week of, of agony. Of, exactly. Delayed <laughs> disappointment. Delayed disappointment. So basically, what's happening here to Chivas is uh, is is by winning, profit. It's it's like when you're when your family members in a coma, and like they open their eyes for three seconds, 
and you think that that, that they're going to come out of it, that's what's going to happen if Chivas wins. It's just it's just prolonging the inevitable. Because as you know, Profe, back in Jornada Dos, after Chivas had lost the first two uh, matches of the season, uh, Joel said that Chivas fans should go on loan for the rest of the season because, but because I believe that Joel's exact words were "esta temporada ya valió madre" was what he said. I think I remember telling you that they're gonna make the the, the liguilla and they're gonna be champions. You did right? you, so. So you you still hold to your uh, to your assertion that the Chivas will, will they have to win all three games. So they have to, so in addition to in addition to uh, to winning against Puebla, you're saying that uh, the Chivas is also going to. I have to go all the way down. Good, they're way down in the table. I realize they're way that far down. That they're going to have to uh, beat Leon and then and then beat Tigres. So 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 Chivas Tigres could essentially be for the last for for the eight the eight slot. And it's in see this this is bad news for Chivas fans. It's in Guadalajara. For the last know, game, yeah, yeah. And as we as we know, they they do not win. They do not win in Guadalajara. But they, they, you know, John, the, the next two games are on the road. They're away games and three of their wins have been away games. Although the Clásico Tapatio, you could, you know, call it a home game. It was officially an away game. Uh, and, and I think that bodes well. The, yeah, you're right. The last game against Tigres, uh, you know, anything could happen. Playing, Tigres might rest stadium their... that they've only won twice, two games ever. since they won their championship. Ever, <laughs> basically, two games to stay on the ch- uh, stadium can can no pesa para nada. Yeah, that's that's the that's the thing that uh, uh, but I think they'll pull through, you know. And and once you make the liguilla, all all bets are off, right? All right, so so you say Chivas makes it. All right. Yeah. Hey, let me uh, let me put your Liga MX talk on the little small screen, and bust out the MLS big screen. LAFC is down two to three. Real Salt Lake scored two goals to come uh, to come back and uh, what, take the lead. What, what minute both, is this? Both, chicken? both goals were deflection goals too. Seventy seventy second. Oh, oh. And, and both both goals were off deflections for uh, for Real. Actually, I'm sorry. The second goal was a veritable like karate kick golazo. Yeah, it was. It was we, we, we call those jolly style. But all these these two goals were like you know when, you, when, when it's a deflected goal, we call it jolly style. <laughs> Confu- confusion on the LAFC defense is just caused it. They're like balls bouncing all over, re- uh, rebound, and then they finally scored with a karate kick. They're, they're this, bringing this that. One. They're bringing that Mexican dude next season. Oh. Alanis. What was it? No, what was his name? Yeah, was it Oswaldo Alanis? Yeah, Oswaldo Alanis. The guy that went to Spain and got got treated like a cordifea, dude. Yeah, they didn't want him after all, Getafe. Yeah, they took one look and it's like, oh, you you weren't like your profile pic. Did <laughs> 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 the filters? Did they call it? Did they call that ghosting him? Like they ghosted him or something? How they? No, they saw him. They. He, he got he, there, they saw him, and they're like, what, what is this, man? He, he, he catfished them. 
He, he put a picture of uh, of the German guy. <laughs> he's almost. So he, he put a picture like of Matt almost. So he, he's like in second division. Um, but yeah, I could see him Oof. coming over LAFC here, man. LAFC just missed, a, missed an open net. Team. Is that an Almeida team? <laughs> wow. well, Almeida yeah. plays next season, so we'll see how good he does with the Quakes. So in MLS so far, uh, FC Dallas has lost. The uh, Red Bulls lost. And FC Energy Drink. Yeah, DC United. DC United lost. LAFC didn't even qualify. And, and LA, LA Galaxy didn't make it. LAFC is in it. Or LA, LA Galaxy, yeah. that's what I meant. And... Uh, and and they're on the verge of being there, fifteen minutes away from being from being eliminated. So it's so just all, one all, game, all John. That, that's what's surprising me. It's it's a one off. They do uh, for the first. They had six teams qualify, and uh, for in each conference, and then the the first the, the top two get a bye, and then the the remaining four play a, a straight up one off. Hey, that's and pretty then, good, they, man. I think it's great. Hey, they should do that with Liga MX with the Liguilla instead of being the whole eight, you know? I agree one hundred percent. I think it would make uh, it, it would make those games a lot more a lot more entertaining. I gotta disagree. I gotta I gotta say they gotta go full reverse and just do the general table. Top no, they're not wins. they're not going <laughs> to that happen, Yeah. John John made me see the light and I was like, he's right, okay. they're not. Right, are not as much as I want. So the best we could hope for is a, a more exciting Liguilla, a more, you know, and, that's, and I that's think a, that. That's two games, though. That For me, that's two games. Ida y Vuelta is more hey, exciting boy. than this. No, nah, man, that's more exciting because it's like you want your teams it, to, it, to it, finish it's higher. Muerte, man. Yeah, yeah and then it's Vida Muerte game, not you get a second chance in case you messed up now, nah, man. It's it's a one-off, and I, I bet you ratings would improve. So if we could copy one thing from the from the MLS besides shootouts, this would be it, man. Well, as 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 great as this is for the NA, for MLS to have this little setup, unfortunately, the Fetch FIFA comes right in the middle of their playoffs, so they take like a month off. <laughs> kill, <laughs> kill, kill off, kill off some of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, to, 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 to destroy whatever whatever momentum your team has, it just disappears. And, yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so unfortunately, and then the other unfortunate thing is that like they go up against just a really really tough part of the part of the schedule, and the at least in the in the U.S. sports calendar with you know with NFL and college football and basketball and hockey Ouch. And at the same time. It's just it's 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 Ouch. rough. Yeah, they're getting quite the beat down. And then they have to compete against, you know, Champions League and, and Premier League and Exactly. La Liga, because when I when I started watching it was just you just had uh Mexican yep. League and Univision one game a week. That's it. And then and then when Telemundo came, Telemundo wasn't even showing live games, they would show on Saturdays, they had like a... With the same canned audio for the crowd. <laughs> but only you picked up on that, John. <laughs> I was like, no wonder I was like, 
This league I mix crowd sounds sounds really hyped. Do you remember, do you remember <laughs> that, that Nintendo game? Was it was it audio from that Nintendo game? There was a Nintendo game where <laughs> you had like like uh, Denmark and you know a, a bunch of the World Cup countries. It was uh it wasn't like FIFA. It was whatever it was before FIFA. There was quite a few. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to remember. No, but Saturdays they they had like a which is they were fun games because they would have like a game of the week type of thing. Right. And it was from it was it could be Serie A, it could be La Liga, it could be it could That's be Libertadores. Yeah. But I, I love those matches, man, because it was always like really fun games. Uh, yeah. But but one of now, the most entertaining man, ones I ever saw. On one of those was uh, before the '86 World Cup in Poland was doing a tour of South America before they before they went to Mexico, you know, to play friends. And they played uh, River Plate when uh, they had Enzo Francescoli. Oh man! The, the Uruguay player. That's Sidan's Sidan's idol. And so so. Yeah, he named his, one of his kids uh, Enzo. When. Uh, Poland goes up like three one in the last, like like by like eighty third minute, the game ended up five four River Plate. It just we just we just went totally bananas. Nice. In the last ten minutes, yeah, it was really crazy, <laughs> absolutely just bonkers crazy. And that was the first time I'd ever seen Enzo Francesco play. I think he got a hat trick in the last like two or three minutes. It was an incredible game. Yeah, I I got to see him play because of Beto Aspe when Beto Aspe went to River, and. uh Enzo was there. So I was like, whoa, that dude was something else. Um, yeah, but, but you, you know, so, so before it was like, you didn't really get soccer on TV and now, now you just, like you could watch the whole La Liga season, man. You could watch EPL and all that and that just hurts MLS. Well, I think it does, but it doesn't in the sense that, you know, like they're not, they're not directly competing against them. Time wise, because the La Liga and all that stuff is always on either early in the morning, you know, at the latest mid afternoon. And, and most MLS games are on at night. I think where MLS, um, suffers is that they don't have, uh, like when they do national games, it seems like they're always on at different times. Like, like they don't have, they don't have like the one day where they have, uh, you know, like like Wednesday night or Friday night or whatever it is, like like with like where they would have a like, like try to make a big deal about having a national game. I think that, that that's where MLS is lacking right now in their in their uh, in their presentation as far as you, getting it going. Yes, one. Well, what I was gonna say is, you think MLS? To me, it seems like uh, at least on the surface, what I've seen is MLS is really targeting like the family, the suburban soccer mom and dad. And no, no, they're targeting you know, everybody, dude. That, that, that's you think so. They they are targeting. They want stadiums downtown. They are targeting the twenty-something millennial. Uh, I mean, they they want to get the other ones too. Don't get me wrong, but 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 they they want the audience that that, that walks to the games. That's, are are that's, they targeting comic book guy? <laughs> that uh, was comic one was comic book guy, not a soccer fan. They're ta- they're ta- they're con- they're targeting that's true, former Joey's soccer Joey's a soccer fan, former high school soccer player. That's who they're targeting. And soccer mom is just like the result of uh of the well, fans. You can look, you can see it in the stands. So you are they, partly right. 
that that's what I'm saying. Like the the in the I mean, some of the stadiums, like LA Galaxy, is more of a you know a casual soccer mom and take the kids, and so the kids grow up. Uh, oh, wait, we got professional soccer here, and then maybe the the downtown teams are for like the hardcore. Which brings up, I think, I, I mean, I don't know, but there's a point. Jolie said that they're trying to have two, two teams in every city so they can have derbies, or you know. And I guess you could, you could see it that way. Like in Mexico, right? You had the, the the snobs were all uh, Atlas fans, and then the, the, the you know the the poor people, the, the farmers, they were all Chivas fans, right? Yeah, I got my history correct. <laughs> yes. Is it backwards. No, <laughs> Is no, it backwards. Academicos. No, you, you're you're absolutely right. Atlas used to be for the for the more affluent affluent of the Guadalajara peoples, and Chivas was the, the peons. Don't say hardcore though when you describe MLS fan. Come on, dude! You haven't seen that video of that guy, the fight and win video? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's pretty hardcore, man. Although apparently some of the LAFC, uh, what's it, fools gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, they were causing they were causing a ruckus on one of their one of the previous games. I forget what they did, like fighting and stuff. Well, so, I'm waiting for them to to make it like uh, text uh, that you know the Cowboy Stadium where they got uh, uh dance platforms for the cheerleaders. You know, that'll sell me. Yeah. Don't they already have that? Uh, Chivas used to have it. Chivas USA. They had cheerleaders. They did. They One of them came out that. in MTV's Next. I don't know if you guys ever saw that dating game. It was called Next. She came were, out. You, were you on there? Were you a contestant? Nah, man. I, oh. I just saw it on the. The only one I remember was Singled Out. I remember, uh, but I never really saw it. With uh, the guy from uh, Nerdist. Hey, uh, you know what? You know those cheerleaders? Uh, they made one mistake with them. Uh, uh, Chivas USA had a, played the New England Revolution in the Coliseum right before uh, Chivas uh, played Barcelona. And they had the cheerleaders walk through through all the fans, you know, through the through the stands. <laughs> From the top all the way to the bottom, and if you ever been to Coliseum, uh, Jolie could probably tell you more about the type of environment it is. I've actually been to the Coliseum with uh, yes, he has. Yes, we've oh, been there. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it it gets pretty rowdy. The people, you know, they they get pretty they get pretty wild, man. Pretty crazy, and you know the cheerleader the outfits are already pretty small so you can imagine how much smaller they got as they went through uh this, this rowdy crowd uh that that's already drunk and you know yeah man those poor girls i remember that incident that oh you remember yeah you there i don't remember dude do, do you I... still have a do you still have a piece of the cloth do you uh <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I don't have a Me Too moment, man. Calm down. <laughs> That's, toxic. That's toxic, man. So toxic. Yeah, Juwan. Oh, yeah, never mind. Sorry, sorry. No, dude, but it was it was bad, dude. It was crazy. But, yeah, I do, John. Yeah. I'll mail it to you. 
Oh, you do? Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So does uh, does LAFC pull this thing out here? Well, they got Chiefs. five minutes left. They do. They have yeah. a corner kick right now. I think they do. I think they got the goal. And then they go to penalties and lose in penalties. What's the score again? It's 3-2. Oh, is, is Vela having a great game? Uh, he's playing okay, but he's, uh, you know, he's not. He got a good assist on one of the goals. But he hasn't, he hasn't been as involved as he should be. Yeah, he, I, I think, you know, it's one of these situations where he has an expectation that his team is going to do a certain thing. And, you know, it's, uh, it's not, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. If, you know, for, like- for a first year team to, to make it this far. You know, and to be competitive the whole season is, is, is pretty good. So, and, and they broke the record for most points scored by a by a by a new franchise. Who had the record? I, probably Chicago, but uh, I, I, I'm not sure. But they have they have it now. So I mean, it was, but I it, it wasn't uh, Atlanta last year. Oh, could have been. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I think it was. I just said Chicago because they went on to win it, but they were less teams back then. So, yeah, I would I would go with Atlanta too. Um, but I'm but I mean, if if you see that squad, they got some decent players. I think if they, you know, if if they two or three, you know, they pick up two or three, three other guys in the off season. They should be once again, or, or they should be contenders, you know. You know, yeah, but they're going to get at least it, five minutes to. Uh, you know, you, yeah, you know what? They need I, Vela. <laughs> I, I didn't come onto the show, but uh, a few weeks back, my team played a Slatan's uh, kids uh, team. Oh, and Slatan's uh, kids scored on us, man. How, were, the, were they like tall, tall like him, like? Six no, five. no, dude. He's actually he's a he's probably a late bloomer, you know. So he's not that tall. Um, and uh, I won't tell you the score, but it, it was it, it got a little embarrassing. We I told my peers at halftime, hey, you guys need to step it up. You know, Zlatan's like watching you guys. He he was behind one of the goals, and uh, and so one of my you know I, I mean I was trying to pump them up and you know get them kind of. You went bullying on them. Yeah, kind of a little bit, you know. <laughs> Good. And uh, it, it was funny because they walked into the field, and one of my players goes, "Hey, Slatter, what's up?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and I was like, "Fuck, I should." You know, I regretted it. We regretted telling them because, you know, we were kind of trying to respect the guy's privacy a little bit. I'm sure he's, you know, he gets swamped everywhere he goes in LA, or at least some places that if they recognize him. Um, so he was in the back. He had a Dodgers hat on. And, uh, you know, so that speaking kind of, of the, speaking of the Dodgers, are, are you okay, Juan? I, I'm okay. I, I think we got to check on Dan, though, you know, because he's a. We I haven't heard a, from Dan in like over a week, poor guy. Yeah, he's a big time hardcore Dodger fan. I think he's. That's, he's when, the, when the Lakers fail, we'll, we'll uh, consult Juan. Yeah, that's going to be a little bit more painful. 
So in mid in mid April when they don't make the playoffs, well, oh, yeah. they're gonna make the playoffs, dude. They got they got a new squad. You know what do you, you know? When Steph when Steph Curry slams uh, embarrasses uh, LeBron, we'll uh, we'll consult one. Okay, <laughs> let's put some money on it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, a little wager. Uh, no, but I think I think the I think the Lakers gonna they're gonna do better as the season progresses. I mean, they got like seven new players that they sign and then like the draft picks and stuff. So pretty much they got only like five existing players from last year. So I, I you know, I don't expect smooth sailing right away. Oh, yeah, yeah. I swear I, I hear that and I think it's Dan. I don't know why, but it's, you know, <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> yeah, man, you always call me Dan. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. <laughs> I think that that is Dan calling. That Dan calling him Dan about you. No, no, you you say you say it a lot. So. I know it's like a little gag you got going, so it's fine. No, I, I don't. I mean, if I do, do dude, that, even Dan like he, he laughs when he hears these. Like. <laughs> Oh, I'm not sure geez. if you're making fun of our accents or, or, you know. Well, you guys do have very funny accents. I'm not the, the little cholo accents. You know, although, although some are more pronounced than others, I will say that. I know. Jolie's is the worst. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got the, the... What is it called, Chicky? The Foo's? The Foo's <laughs> gone wild accent. Hey, but... Uh, he, he's got the might... Bobcat Goldthwait. If it's up to Vela, if it's up to Vela, you guys might have another... Uh... Another guy that people in LA won't recognize, uh, uh, Antoine Graceman says he wants to go play in MLS to retire. I could see him, I could see him, um, linking up with Vela again. Yeah, that might be a good combo. That would be a great combo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could watch, uh, Laker games together. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They could go to the Lakers, but he must be just ecstatic that LeBron is, because uh... wasn't he a big Miami Heat fan when they had Le- when LeBron was over there? So he's probably hey, there they go again. He, he's a he's a Cambia Costas. Well, he, he, and he got to see a World Series, even if the Dodgers lost. He, he got to you know twice. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's living it up. Uh, yeah, the food's gone wild throwing drinks at uh, Raimondo and he's crying again. But, uh, oh, dang. Dude just got kicked right in the face, I think. Yeah. Ouch. Took a cleat to the head. Oof. That, to uh, a bald head. He's gonna have a, he's gonna have an adventure. Yeah, he's gonna have a knot for sure. Hopefully the dude's not concussed. So, uh, do, do, do we have any other pressing news? Uh, profe, are you, uh, are, so you, you, you say Chivas now, Profe, out, out of the eight teams that are, that are, is there someone other than Chivas you think that if Chivas didn't win it, it's going to be this, this other team? Or, or does your knowledge not extend beyond uh, 
beyond the red and white stripes. Did we lose profit? I'm still here though, John. They have that we... they have that Chiwas Chiwa TV connection. That's right. He is, so, a, he, is a, he is a Chivas TV member, so. No, I I think we're pretty much went through the whole list of topics. No, I'm just curious because because you know you know I know the profe has has made his recommendations that that not only will Chivas make the Liga but will also win the title. I'm just curious if he had any. Oh, his phone died. Yeah, he he disconnected his phone died. Ah. Uh... His little remnant. He he had gotten me over triggered on my um, Chihuahua talk. <laughs> yeah, you, it, it was getting very heated. It, but you know, it's it's it sometimes it's it's sort of like you're not going to have the same expectations. So if if you're the coach for a club for two years, then I have more expectations on how you're going to lead a squad than if you just came in. And it's your first season, and you only have a few months with the team. So, so I mean, given how Chivas lost all these top players, they're still doing way better than they did last season when they were they were at the bottom. They were like seventeenth. I mean, at, at, and this they're not. They've been bad, but they still have a mathematical chance, you know. <laughs> and and. Even though I don't see them qualifying, I, I could see them maybe, maybe finishing closer, you know, closer to the qualification zone. And if a dude like Saldivar can, can score more than five goals, then that would be one of his better seasons. It would be his best season as a striker. He's already equaled it. He just needs one more goal, uh, to, to have like his best season as a, as a goleador. So, I mean, there's there's some positives there. So Cardoso should uh, should stay on that. I would leave him. I think he I think he did a good job. Um, I think he did a good job with what he had to work. Uh, I, f- I feel that the team let him down a few times because there were games where they dominated, where they had the upper hand. They just weren't able to finish it, you know. They weren't able to to score, and that ended up hurting them in the long run. And, and they did good against some, like, their away game at Toluca, and they had one game against Santos. They had at least three games where they they should have done better. And I think right now they would have been at a better spot, but should have, would have, could have. Um <laughs> That's exactly right, Joel. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, consistent goal scoring. You know, you yeah. say that, you know, if they can get like, you know, six goals in 17 games, you know, you know, Cardoso would score eight goals in a year <laughs> and he did it like, like three or four times. Yeah, just on the year alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and Jared did that a few times too. I mean, those guys are, I mean, that is, you know, you know, goal scoring yeah. like that just don't come around. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and that's the thing with, with with not having a player like that because you 
you want that player that could pull a goal out of his ass. And sometimes you see teams where they won a match where they should have lost, you know, or they tied a game where they, they had no business tying just because they had this one dude that was able to, you know, make the difference or score in that one opportunity. Uh, and, and yeah, it's helpful like that. Just, just let's say you had maybe two or three games where, where that's, that's all you, you were missing. That, that could make the difference between being in the league and not being in the league. Absolutely. And, uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been, Cuba's really needs to work on that. <laughs> they, they really need, to, they do have this one young kid. He's, he played youth with Linus. I forget his name, but, cause he hasn't really played, uh, with the first team, but he's expected to be, you know, Chivas Hope, but man, that's all the team has right now, just expectations. They really do need, do need like a proven commodity and, uh, you know, if, if they could pull off bringing Chicharo, that would be really great. And I, I think you're more positive of that happening, Yon, man. And I am. Well, I am. I, I just, I just, I just don't think that living in the states is, yeah, as important to Chicharo as as it is to other folks. And yeah, well, he, yeah, it's like you said, his family. He's really close to his family, his grandparents, and all that. Right. So, I do think that uh, Chicharo will end up. But you know, of course, he probably will end up like an Atlas or no. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I could see him either at uh, at Chivas or Morelia. I think that's where Chicharo will probably because he grew up in Morelia. He did, but but I mean, if if you see who could pay him, he he makes upwards of six. Wasn't it? I think like seven million yeah, don't a year. Forget, don't forget who owns Morelia. I, I yeah, well, I mean, they can't even race at um, Atlas, so uh, I I do think. Um, but I could see like maybe a Tigres or a Rayados, you know, because that's, that's about what Kignac makes. Sure. Yeah. It's about the same. It's not reported, but it makes up there. Um, bueno, so travels. It's, uh, it's over in, uh, in Los Angeles, Hawaii. Oh, uh, yeah. LAFC did not get there. The dream, e- the e- dream is over. Goal. That's right. Time. It's, it, it's back to the same old, you know, I'm sure just as, as MLS wants, and all the teams that don't have anybody are, are, are moving on. <laughs> all the teams. Chanfles. Well, well, it's over for me, too. Yeah, Aquí me, too. I tengo que colgar los botines for tonight. But uh, hopefully we could do a Sunday, a Sunday fun day here at the cantina. I think it'll be able si to. Se puede. Excuse me. Yeah, that should be, shouldn't be a problem. But uh, Chiquis, thanks uh, thanks again for setting all this up. Yeah, man. No problem. Thanks for coming and on. Joel, and, and thanks to uh, El Profe Juan Uribe for coming on and, yes. and, hi- and hijacking the show for, for <laughs> a few minutes there with his Chivas talk. And, uh, and, thanks, and thanks to you, Joel, for, for hopping on as well. Uh, always, always. And, and always a pleasure to, to our, be on. Oh, thank you. And, and thanks to our loyal listeners who have, uh, who have tuned in. We do appreciate uh, your patronage and your loyalty, and please tell your friends about us, uh, where you can follow us on the Twitter, on the Facebook, 
and of course, subscribe to our podcast. My name is John Jagu, and we will talk to you guys next week.